right. So we'll, I have uh, returned. Sorry, there was a podcast going on in the background. Nice. <laughs> podcast within a podcast. Oh, man. <sighs> My brain can't handle that right now. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode and final part of the recap, I was able to pull aside uh, for members of various divisions um, to discuss some of the more in-depth aspects of the actual events, of how the actual uh, tournament played out. Um, since there was so much to cover, uh, we're just going to go ahead and dive right into uh, these segments. Alrighty, so in this segment, I've got Bill Fisher and Lucas Boyle to help me discuss what they saw in the Open Finals finals matches. Um, guys, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, one of the main reasons why I reached out to you guys specifically was because I saw you guys were at the booth um, commentating on the, uh, on the on the stream. So, first of all, how uh, starting with you, Lucas, how, how did you guys get into that? Like, did you just volunteer or did you, did you um, did they like you from your UDC? Because I feel like you've done this a few times already. Yeah, our first time doing this was last year at Elite Nationals in Boston. Um, we played in all the divisions except for pinch. So when we finally got around to the pinch division, Bill and I kind of wandered up to the broadcast booth and we were like, this has always been a dream of ours. Let's give it a shot. And we sat down and our friends kind of came up and were like cheering us on. And then they went away and then they came back and we asked them like, how long have we been up here? And they were like, you know, three hours. <laughs> so like we, we had a blast up there. Time just flew by. It was fun. Just kind of like reacting to what was happening on the court and just kind of like verbalizing it. And since then we've had a couple opportunities to do it. We've done it at UDC this year in Chicago. And then, uh, this was our third time doing it here at elite nationals in Minneapolis. Awesome. And, uh, Bill, um, well, first of all, welcome to to the podcast. Thanks for hopping on, man. Do you want to just give like a quick intro- introduction? Um, no offense to you, Lucas, but I think people know pretty pretty well who you are. So, Bill, uh, just give us your your team names. Um, just real quick background, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, my name is Bill Fisher. Uh, I play on Fortune. Uh, last year, I played on Roybots. Uh, I've been playing dodgeball for about three and a half years now, uh, like three years competitively, and yeah commentating for about a year uh first time i commentated was the seattle dodgeball classic where i learned i actually had to say something and i couldn't just watch the game my commentary has gotten a lot better since that first one i was going to ask if the seattle classic had anything to do with uh your commentating because uh, that's one of the things i remember that is one of the things that distinguishes the seattle classic from all the other tournaments out there was um hilarious commentators um how long have you been doing that just real quick real quick segue uh we i think we've had commentators I don't know, for the last four years, we actually didn't have any this year, but um, we were planning on it and we just started running out of time. So we had to cut that. But yeah, Bill and Missy have been um, a couple of dodgeballers in Seattle who have stepped up to do the commentating. And before that, um, the original host of the event, Matt Brennan, was uh, an artist and entertainer. And so he had a lot of buddies who did like semi-pro wrestling uh, in Seattle. And so he, his friends actually did the announcing for the semi-pro wrestling circuit. So they came out. It was really fun. We, we brought them to like a pickup night of dodgeball just to explain the rules and then, um, just give them a little bit of a foundation and then let them do their thing when it came to like the big tournament. And those guys were awesome. They were, <laughs> they really, 
uh, dramatized what was happening on the court and would just, you know, even if it was just a, a pretty mundane out, it would just, you know, find a way to kind of hype it up and make it sound awesome. Yeah. I, I remember um, just hearing a lot of funny, hilarious comments when all I do is just like hit somebody out when I was playing with uh, Damnation back in, I think, 2013. I was like, hey, hey, that's cool. Like, this is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they just said, that was hilarious. But, uh, well, very cool. Well, um, let's just go ahead and, and I guess dive right in. Uh, like I said, thank you guys for, for hopping on. Um, I, you know, I'm just going to flat out admit I didn't get to absorb as much of the playing other than what I played, you know, with, with my team as, as I had wanted. Um, don't want to get too into it, but I was a little sidetracked, and I was, I'll just kind of leave it at that. But um, So I'm definitely going to lean on you guys to kind of help me break down um, what happened. So I guess we, what we can do is we can start from, like, the first game you guys saw, if you can remember, um, about when did you guys hop on that table and what match did you see or start with? Um, I think the first match that we started broadcasting was Titan versus Space Cadets. Perfect. Um, and, and that was kind of a surprise match because I think I think the dodgeball community in general was stunned by um space cadets that weekend and so it was awesome to be able to kind of like see them in their glory or at like at their peak and uh getting to go against titan who features some of the biggest names in the sport um you know i I think that's one of the reasons we all come to nationals is that we want to like test ourselves against the best in the game and uh and, and and in this case, we were like, all right, Space Cadets is like the Cinderella story. Let's see how they go against, um, you know, one of the one of the big names in the sport in Titan and Andrew Ketchum and and the gang. Uh, Bill, what did you think about that one? Uh, that game, I think, to me, showed that Titan like did their research on Space Cadets. I think after seeing like who space cadets went through i think they went through team awesome they went through us on fortune um they went through anarchy um and then i forget who they lost to but they went down and then faced titan at that point i guess and yeah titan just like in the in that match looked like they understood space cadets and where they were getting their advantage from yeah they uh they had a pretty pretty awesome track so they i made the comment in the and i think maybe to to call in or at least uh with mark where we played them in uh, round robin and we 2 owed them and you know again no offense colin but they, they look like just a, a new team that that wasn't really sure what they were in for and um when i interviewed colin uh, after he i think they just beat um notorious they said that they had like a good I don't want to say come to Jesus moment, but that's essentially what they did. They, they thought about what was working and what wasn't. And by sun, Saturday, they were a brand new team. And so they, they beat Legacy. They beat Team Awesome. Um, as you said, Bill, they, they took out you guys. And then they um, they beat Anarchy, as I said, and they, they lost at Doom. So Doom is what brought them to uh, that match against Titan. And you said Titan had already kind of caught on to them. Was there anything specific that you saw that, that kind of gave that away? Yeah. Uh, game one in the match... Um, like immediate like so i think against fortunes uh zach grady did like a really good job of like putting pressure um and and getting some big outs against like us for instance um and titan coming out of the gate um did a double team um like on to zach like they're they had little four i think and they double teamed zach and like you don't normally start off with a double team on a corner um and, and they immediately took him out. Like it was, 
you know, they were aware of what they were doing. It was like very deliberate, like we have to get this guy. Yeah, and just from like, just from playing and knowing how we play um, and what works, like it, it seems so different um, that it seemed very deliberate. Um, yeah. Huh. Kudos to Titan for, for doing their homework like the day of, because um, yeah, just uh, watching Space Cadets uh, go through every, all those teams was pretty awesome. And I caught the tail end just right before they got to you guys. So, um, Lucas, do you have any, any comments on, on that match that you can remember? Um, not on that match specifically, but we, you know, after getting knocked out or bumped into the loser's bracket by Space Cadets, we went back and watched our match against them and kind of like looked at what they were doing and, you know, how were they being successful? And it was, it was kind of awesome to watch. They, a lot of elite teams do like kind of a huddle approach and like a little more like regimented style of dodgeball right now in the competitive ranks. Right. And they, I, we still haven't like broke it down completely, but like one thing that set them apart is when they would counter the player who was countering would just get a full head of steam and would get like a sprinting head start into their throw. And there was one game, actually, I think it was game two. We were up one zero in the match. And in game two, we had like a four to two player lead and we paused the game and we like, we looked around the room. And we're like, how did we lose this match? How did we lose this? And there was this situation where like with two players, I think Matt Levine, came rushing up on a counter, put himself, you know, way ahead of his teammate exposed and makes a throw um, and is retreating. And as he's retreating, his team has two balls. And I think it was um, Zach Grady who comes running in with one of the two balls and takes the shot and makes a big out. And that's a throw that you would not see other teams making uh, with two balls and down players. But it, it's hard. It was just aggressive and surprising and effective. And it was uh, apparently exactly what was needed to kind of like throw off all of these teams that are used to elite style dodgeball. And I'm wondering if that came from like UDC background or just like having a, like almost an indie lineup. I know that they had a lot of new players for this tournament, but right. you know, it kind of opened my eyes to some of the unexplored strategies that could be used here in elite going forward. That's why you mentioned like they, they committed plays that you wouldn't be expecting in a structured conventional uh, elite setting. And it reminds me of, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, um, but I hope it's not too far off, but it reminds me of this, this quote that this uh, German uh, general said about the American forces. Like these guys are so frustrating because we have their doctrine and we, we have like their tactics and how they're supposed to fight. But when we fight them, they don't do that. So we don't know what to expect and they keep us on our heels and they end up winning battle after battle. And I wonder if, um, if the space cadets was kind of like that, where they just did things that you just weren't expecting. And um, instead of, you know, getting rid of that that two ball when they had four guys left um you know because if they missed i'm sure that would have would have cost them but they connected so they had the skill to to make sure that these gambles were, were paying off but um i'm really excited to kind of get to know colin a little bit more and, and find out where they came from and try to understand hey what did you guys bring to the table and that that's one of the coolest things about nationals is just seeing these different styles and, and regions bringing new uh new strategies to the game um, I wanted to point out real quick, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch any of the uh, Outsiders games, because I feel like they had a pretty solid run too, um, just coming up all the way through losers brackets. Um, again, Titan kind of uh, put them put them down too, but did you guys catch any of their games by, by any chance? 
No. Not that I'm aware of. Um, no, we were playing pretty late into the bracket, and then we started with, like, Space Kids was, like, one of the first matches I actually got to watch after that. Gotcha. Very cool. I'll have to pull up some streams and, and just kind of watch for myself. Um, let's, uh, Steve, let's let's just look at who Outsiders played real quick and give them some props. Yeah, for sure. Um, pull up the bracket here. So where do they start? So they, they seated... I can't read that. Um, they seated Looks like 11th. Yeah, I think they seated pretty high, though. So they, they start off against... Um, Looks like Rogue. Rogue, yeah, they took Rogue. They took down Brick Squad. Um, lost to Doom. 2-1. 2-1, so they, they took one off Doom, which is pretty... Always a, an accomplishment of itself. And then... Down they to, knocked off Kraken. Yep. And, and then they, they lost to Titan. But they took and, one. Did they take one of Titan? Yeah, it looks like they did. And uh, you know who else lost to Titan in Doom? Space Cadets. Right. So that's kind of why I brought them up um, specifically because it looks like you know we had these two teams that are from different regions giving what I would hope is um, the West a run for their money and, and doing well. But then Titan's like, no, okay, we're we're, we're done with you guys now. We're gonna we're gonna move on, move on. Um, but I like that Outsiders took one off of them. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think Mark mentioned this in his pod, but I think it was a big tournament for outsiders. Um, just you know, like representing the South and showing showing everybody the kind of ability and um, talent that is in the South. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So let's let's. I guess let's move on to the next match that you guys uh, were able to witness. And um, do you recall which one that was? Yeah, the next one was Titan versus Doom, and this was. Uh, I think the loser bracket final. Is that right, Bill? Uh, this should be the loser bracket final. Yes. Yep. And, um, and that was a question that we kept asking ourselves on the broadcast. <laughs> One of the things that you can't tell from the broadcast is that you have no information when you're sitting up there. Um, you can't get to the bracket. So we were like pleading with people off camera to like, take a photo of the bracket and like run it over to us oh, man. because we were just sitting there and we're like doing our best to kind of create content and and information that was valuable but uh this was doom titan uh loser bracket final um i think I, i've got a couple thoughts but I, I i noticed that in uh in both of the first games ryan morris was the first out for titan yeah and he's He's definitely one of their um, when when they win. I bet there's a strong correlation between when they win and when Ryan's on the court. Ryan just does such a good job holding down opposing corners and controlling the line for Titan. Um, I think Ketchum was a little trigger happy in that match. Um, in uh, in game, let's see, in game three they had a four. No wait. Game three, they had a 4-3 advantage, and it was Ketchum, Davy, Xander, and Brett. And uh, it was versus Nate, Cole, and Frank. And Titan kept countering into Doom, which allowed Doom to take extra shots. Um, I think Titan got an edge in like most of the games in that match, but um, I think... I think it's important when you get an edge to like savor that and like um, exploit it. And one of the ways to do that is by maintaining ball control and just getting extra possessions out of the ball control. And when you counter every time, 
you're letting your opponent off the hook and you're also giving them extra like bites at the apple. Um, <laughs> Bill, what, what did you think? I've got some more notes on that, but I wanted to let you jump in. Yeah. So uh, on both your points, one, the first throw on Ryan Morris was from pie in the middle on a Ryan Morris who was already down, ready to block, like on a barnacle of a corner, um, you know, someone that just lives in that corner. Um, and that was their first shot. Again, like an unorthodox start to the game. Like Doom knew that they had to take out Ryan to, you know, that's that's their win percentage right there. Um, and then uh, what was the other thing? Um, yeah, it, it this seemed like a different catch than what we saw at UDC. Um, like especially like the catch that, you know, came back four against one versus Ducks where he just lived and he held the ball and he survived. Um, this was very like counter happy catch him. Um, and, you know, his counter into Frank and Cole is what opened him up and let that double team of, you know, two elite veterans, you know, just hit him in the chest, hit him high, hit him low and, and get that out on him. Um, and then my yeah, other big, I, oh, oh, let me jump in there. I, I there, there's like a, I think it was in game, game two that um, Ketchum is makes it to the, the later half of the game and has a ball and is countering into the double. And I think one of the things he's been able to like have a lot of success with in this tournament and in others is um, especially in rubber 8.5 where it's a more catchable ball is throwing into that double team, hoping to kind of like break it up either by getting one of the outs or staggering the synchronization and then making a catch out of that. And I wonder on these, on these exchanges, Ketchum did get um, Vince Marchbanks early in the game, game two on a counter like that. And I think Vince ended up dropping his blocker. Um, so I think maybe like with that success, he was trying to ride that success, but um, it, it could be something where, you know, um, Cole and Frank have played against Andrew enough times that they know not to go for that body shot when they do get that throw off. And so I think, I think they survived um, Andrew's counter and then they took some off body shots and either just clipped a little bit of him or caught a little bit of his hand when, when he was reaching for a catch. But uh, it seemed like they, they were ready for that and they, uh, they made it count. But um, I think, this match really comes down to game three. Uh, game three oh was incredible. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go back to the stream, watch this. On the very first possession of game three, um, Nate, Nate pulls a surprise throw on the first possession. Uh, usually, Doom is just going to have Payan solo on his own. It worked in the first game. But in this game, Nate throws solo. He goes for Xander, who's the second player in. And Xander gets Xander catches it, so Nate is out instantly. Wow! Um, on the next play, Titan runs a double team and takes out Pion. So two two plays into the game, Nate is off the court, Pion is off the court. Titan is up six four. Uh, you've got a huge lead, um, but here's where it breaks open on the double team that takes out uh, Pion. Vince cross-courts uh, the double team and hits Xander. Uh, Ketchum is guarding Vince, or is marked up against Vince as the opposing corner. So Ketchum is obligated to make that throw. 
So in rhythm, Ketchum makes this throw. He unloads. Vince does a jump dodge. The ball hits Vince in the in the leg, and it looks like Vince was like playing hacky sack because Vince just taps it over almost in like a controlled manner to Ish, who lays out and makes the catch. Oh my god! And this this all happens kind of like during that double team. So you go from this scenario where Nate is out, Hyen is out. You've got a huge lead in game three of the winners bracket or sorry, the losers bracket final to a situation where Nate is coming back on a catch. Ketchum is out. Vince is alive. Ish makes the catch. And now it's, uh, the score is actually five, four for doom because, uh, Xander goes out. So like in that little play, uh, you know, the entire match essentially swung. Like, had had uh, Ketchum made the out instead of a deflected catch, uh, you've got Titan in full control with Nate, Pine, and Vince off the court. And instead, Ketchum is out, Nate's back, Vince is alive, and Doom's got a 5-4 advantage. It was pretty crazy. Wow. that At one point, <laughs> Vince was dead in the air, and Ish's heads-up catch is literally what turned that game around. So it was, was absolutely insane. That's incredible. So like so playing with um with Ketchum and playing with, with uh this guy Justin Acton, like the, the pop ups the pop up catches are, are the most frustrating banes of our existence, I feel. And like I could I could literally think about what's going on in Ketchum's mind when he takes that shot because you just see, you know, the the two most no offense to the rest of Doom, but like the two most like influential um offensive players out you have to take that shot on Vince and if he had hit him it, it would have probably won the game but like I could just see that ball pop up and just like that sinking feel like you've got to be freaking kidding me but at the same time it, huge huge props to Ish for having the heads up and, and Doom in general because they pop-ups happen all the time it's those teams that like know to look up for them and and make uh make a play off those that I feel lets you capitalize on those lucky opportunities so Ish having the heads up, catching that pop up, making that huge play doesn't surprise me at all. Like I, I, I wouldn't even chalk that up to luck. I chalk that up to, to skill, really. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It seems like Ish makes just the biggest plays in like the biggest moments. You know, throughout the last you know five years of competitive dodgeball, it seems like I don't know. You know, like the <laughs> Ish just makes like an exorbitant amount of clutch plays, and he's. He just got that clutch factor. He's got poise in pressure situations, and uh, he's always there for his teammates. So. He's got that awareness too. Like he's he's looking for those pop ups. I mean, sometimes they they I'm sure they happen more often than than you would think. It's not always against like your team when that happens, but um, yeah, that guy's got some amazing court awareness. Um, I just going back to that crucial play in game three that just broke everything open. I think in real time we were like, oh, who threw that? It was Ketchum. Okay, he did, she was trying to do too much there. He just pressed his luck and he threw the catch. And I think that is kind of like a, a knock on Ketchum is that he'll press his luck sometimes. And But going back and watching the video, I'm in like total agreement with his decision making yeah. there. Uh, Vince cross-courts the double team and exposes himself. And Andrew is like obligated in that situation to take the shot and it was just so unlucky for titan and very fortunate for doom that the ball goes into vince's legs and just kind of you know pops out in a spot that ish could make a catch on and uh, it's just heartbreaking that 
games turn on luck, but, uh, you know, I guess there's some, some people say the harder you work, the luckier you get. And in that case, doom is, uh, one of the hardest working teams in dodgeball. So they, they came out there on top. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely luck that the ball went where it did, but it would, it was all skill that Ish was watching that and was heads up and got that catch. Like you don't get that without the skill of being that heads up. Yeah. And we usually pop up. It's like hesitations. Like, should I go for it? I'm going to get, you know, gunned down. It's just, I'm sure he just said, F it. I'm, this is mine. Like my team needs this more than anything right now. Um, man. Yeah. I, I agree. Like it's even myself in that situation, I'd probably go for Vince. If I had Ketchum's throwing power, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> there's no, there's no way I would definitely take that shot. So like, it's, well, and the thing is that like Vince makes so many like of those body catches in that situation where he's countered, he feels the heat, he jumps, and he just he'll catch it on the body every time. So Ketchum does what you should do and goes low, like hits him in the ankle kind of calf region. Just the only difference was Vince just kind of. That is hacky sack skills on display and just taps it over to Ish. It's nuts. That's rough. Handball, dodgeball, and hacky sack. Vince's three big sports. Yeah, man. So anyways, I mean, the for a match to go back and forth and then to be decided in the third game like that was pretty incredible. But I do want to give credit and uh, praise to uh, Frank and Cole who found themselves late I think in late in uh, almost all of the games. And I think it was in game two that um, uh, I might be misspeaking there, but um, I think there was a lot of just awesome group throws that involved Frank. And, uh, you know, he he's not on Doom all the time, but he really shined in this uh, in this match here in the semifinals. Yeah, so I I really did not was wasn't trying to like dismiss uh, Cole or Frank um, by any means. In fact, I think like you take away the offensive aspect of, of of Doom, but then you have like the solid core of guys that will wait it out, wait for those opportunities, wear the team down. I mean, they're, they're pretty pretty solid when it comes to that, and I feel like their role is is just as integral as as Vince Pine and, and Nate. So definitely wasn't trying to, dis- to dismiss them by any means. Oh, no, I, I don't think you were. I think that, um, I mean, I think Doom suffers from kind of like the Golden State Warriors like syndrome where like when Durant went to the Warriors, everyone's like, well, good, you know, Steph Curry, kiss, kiss goodbye, your MVPs. And it's just because there's so much star power that the shine has to be like split among them. And I think you see that even like, with like all-star voting, like Vince is not being voted as an all-star this year. And the only reason is because doom is so successful and there's like voter fatigue and people are just like, Oh, like, you know, they have to decide, you know, who to vote for. And like, we all know that Vince is an all-star, but I think the same thing goes for some of like their quote unquote, like support players, like, um, Frank and Cole and Ish and Terry, um, you know, guys who like aren't the first people that you're scouting, but like on any other team, those guys are going to be the all star. Definitely, yeah. They're just they're just a solid team through and through. Um, but let's let's go ahead and move on because we'll we'll have a chance to talk about them still with Rise. So um, I imagine that was the the next game, right? That just moved on to the finals. Yeah. So the the final match was Rise coming out of the winners bracket versus Doom. And this is the uh, the matchup that we've seen time and again. 
Um, <laughs> however, this one didn't didn't play out like a lot of them do. Like I, I feel like Rise and Doom is kind of like the Yankees Red Sox. Like, you know, make sure you've got four hours to spare because this one is going to go long. But in this case, it was a, a 2-0 beating from the winner's bracket team, Rise. Yeah, so you said it's like the same old thing. We'll always see Rise and Doom, but I felt like this was a different Rise. Um, and I felt like going back a little bit, like this whole series was a different Rise. Like we're, There was something about them that they just weren't the Rise that we remember, but then something happened during Nationals and they completely changed it to where they had that fairly strong showing um, in Open Finals. And I was just kind of like looking over the bracket. Um, so they had Double Tap first. Kaiju Notorious, Rainbows, and then they just kind of, I guess, waited for the rest of the championship to happen. So what uh, what were your observations about that game? I don't know how they won. If you told me game one that Tim Fulge and Alan Stott go out first and Rise come back and win like against Doom with full power, that's that's nuts to me. Like Doom coming through all, you know, everything they've come through on the lower bracket uh and to start up that high, like that's a yeah. crazy good start for for Doom. I think on the opening rush in Game One, they left a ball on the line. Does that sound right, Bill? And the, um, immediately, Pyan takes out Tim Fullerton. Wow! Um, Ooh, is that what happened? Yeah, and and then uh, shortly after, Alan Stott gets taken out. So like. You know, the first 10 seconds of the game, you're down four to six against Doom, you know, one of the most dominant teams in, in the history of dodgeball. And what ended up happening was that a combination of uh, Surge, um, Jim, uh, Chad Landrum, and uh, who else was in there? Chris Bell. Chris Bell. They... They just kind of whittled. They whittled down Doom. They they did them. Uh, Chad had a, a ton of clutch kills in these games, but it was really all execution. There was a lot of like great advances, um, solid group throws. I think Surge and Chad ended up um, doing a lot of. I think uh, let's see, game one. So game one, Rise fights back and gets it down to a two v two, and it's uh it's Serge and Chad versus Ish and Frank and Serge and Chad just had really nice double teams from protected positions. Uh, I think rise does this well where they they'll throw double teams kind of from their half of the court where they don't expose themselves. They'll get a nice um, either fake in or they'll just rush right into it and they'll get these shots off that um, the opponent can't really counter because um, it's happening too fast. Um, and so Serge and Chad just kind of finished them off. And uh, I think Chad was a, a key element in both of these games. And uh, game two wasn't, wasn't even close. It was uh, unlike game one where Doom got out to an early lead. Game two, Rise had a lead and just kept it and uh, never looked back. And it, the next thing you know, it was a championship for Rise 2-0. Wow. What are your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, so once again, Tim and Allen going out first is gigantic for, for Doom. Um, and then Chris Bell has to move to the corner and face off against Vince. And Chris is the one that lives. Like, everyone knows you, you're, you're going for Chris Bell first on Rise. Like, he is, you know, the giant arm. Um, 
And in the Vince-Chris matchup where he has to move to corner, Chris is the one that comes out living the longest. Um, and then from there, um, you know, Lou, Lou was giving props to Chad, but Serge in that final 2v2 was making like, he was dodging big, he was making his blocks. He made himself look open, but was in control of the court and dragged the throws to him and knew he'd get out of those situations. Like, I, I think Serge dragging that fire to him and knowing he can get out is like what secured them uh, that first game. I'm glad um, you mentioned that because like, I feel taking Chad, who's a very, very offensive player, and taking Serge as a very calculated, strategic, defensive player, I felt like that was the perfect balance that would need to happen to, to make that work. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to, to comment that real quick since you brought it up. Oh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point, right? Where if Serge is drawing the fire and keeping it away from Chad, like that's perfect. Right? That's what you want. Give Chad another volley to go at you know, whoever's on the other side, no matter what the game, like that you want to keep your throwers alive, especially, you know, if they're not big catchers or uh, they're not great at blocking or they're not holding a ball in the middle, like you want to keep those players alive. And Serge did that perfectly here. Um, and I think game two, I think the issue for doom was they had a lot of double teams on Chris bell and they, they couldn't hit him. Um, I think it was like three double teams where they just gave up uh, like yeah. a big four or a little four to to rise and just let them power through with that like that was just great like evasive maneuvers mcmaster's pulling uh chris bell out of some of his dodges so he didn't fall out of bounds and <laughs> yeah chris chris was very elusive on that i think that's where you see like the um the contrast in like team philosophy you rise is extremely frugal with their usage of balls um, when they have four in the burden, you know, eight out of, you know, eight out of 10 times they're going to be throwing that burden and they're going to keep all of their balls on defense. Um, and then doom doom was going for those double teams and coming up empty. And when you do that, there's almost like a, I don't know, like a psychological boost for the team that just survived a double team. And now they're rewarded with extra balls. Right. And, uh, and they're now, you know, they've now got four balls and they're coming back at year two. So you've got a lot of un, uh, unprotected players. Um, so I thought that was an interesting, like, clash of styles. But, yeah, I think uh, for anyone who wants to go back and kind of watch some of these games, watch game one of the finals and just see the way Rise grinds it out. Um, I think they play in a way that any team could mimic. And uh, if you're an up-and-coming team and you want to kind of develop your team chemistry or your play calling, like, you could learn a lot from that first game. I think even, like, the final play of Rise vs. Doom, where they had, um, you know, four balls thrown uh, on, I think it was Ish, um, with Allen eagling from the left side and, like, them all running out in that charge, like that's a calculated rise play. You know they've practiced that play over and over again. They don't run plays that they don't think are going to work. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not allowed to uh, experiment on the court if you're playing on rise. You know, you're doing things that are tested and have known to work. Um, I, I, I think taking a step back from that match itself, I think it would be fun to kind of highlight um, the, 
the addition of Chad Landrum to rise. Um, when Tyler Greer went out with a back injury and surgery, um, you know, there was a lot of mystery over who they would choose to replace him. And Chad stepped in, I think at round three, uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but, um, sounds right. Uh, round Chad's, one, I think he started at the beginning. Okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, actually, no, 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 you're right. He, he played with, um, I think Dave Benedetto was like throwing, throwing together team for, for round one. So yeah, round three is when he, when he came into rise. Yeah. And, uh, he seems to give them, you know, just like that additional arm that can continue to get outs with solos after Chris Bell gets knocked out and uh, also takes some of the heat off of Tim as far as targeting on the when they're on defense. Yeah, he's definitely an element I don't think Doom was ready to uh, to face. Uh, did you guys know that Chad had played for, for Rise in the past? <gasps> no. I was wondering about it. I mean, he fits in like perfectly is he's like tough powerful intimidating that just that's on brand on brand yeah so he uh he played for rise in 2012 um at the the dodgeball national dodgeball league uh dwc there and it was um was when i played with beavers uh with kevin pack in 2012 it was we made it to the finals and um chad was with them and so it was it was pretty close um i feel like we had rise on the ropes and chad just um if i can remember correctly he got me out on a a pretty solid like chip shot and then he just ended up taking out the rest of us and so he had already kind of been exposed to like the rise brand and i think rise already knew based off experience what to where he would fit in so that kind of might make sense as to why they were able to take this um for most people an outlier get him plugged in and have the results that they did so i wonder if anybody would pick up on that or remember that but yeah he's he's played with rise before which is pretty okay cool. that makes sense that's awesome yep yeah he uh it was cool watching him come out of retirement so to speak because um, he went out on a on an arm injury I think in 2013, 2014, and he's, he'd been out it for a while, but it's good to see him back and seeing that he still has an impact. We were, we were talking about it actually last night, but um, yeah, I wonder I wonder what the answer is going to be uh, next year, and I wonder what Rise is going to look like, and not to take up too much of the, of, the, of the time here, but I had talked to Tim, I think it was around, or during round robin, and I asked how he was doing, and he was saying that they weren't, um, there was just something off about them, like Chris and Chad would go on the offensive. They would get maybe a couple people, but always be the older guys, uh, Serge, Jim, and Tim, that would be bailing them out. And um, they were realizing that it just wasn't working because it was making them work harder than they are used to. And so, kind of like what Space Cadets did, whatever they did that night, um, going into Saturday, they they found that like that perfect balance of offense and defense. That way, you know, Jim and Tim and Serge aren't overworking themselves. But yeah, it's a uh, it's crazy seeing teams learn that fast now. It's crazy like seeing them come together, talk about what's working, what's not working, and having a completely different team show up the next day. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows you that they've got a game plan and that they can plug in different players and make it work. And I think that for people looking to build winning teams, that um, I think that that kind of shows you that talent isn't everything and that um you know having like a strategy and a, and a system kind of out, outweighs talent sometimes for sure that and um yeah just just repetitions um consistency and, and practice 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 right, um, 
Yeah. Go ahead, Bill. It, it's one of those things that like in basketball, right? You have like subs, you know, every other sport, like you have a ton of subs, but with dodgeball, you have like your core six typically. Um, and so having to plug in a new person is not something you practice. And so the teams that can plug in that new person and, and be successful with it is really impressive, right? Like you're not subbing people on the lines. Um, you know, there are some teams that play with like seven or eight on their roster, but you know, rise isn't one of them. Doom isn't of uh, doom is one of them. Um, but there's not a lot of teams that do it. And so a team changing a player before round three and becoming successful with it, that's, that's really impressive. Definitely. Um, I think I wanted to go back real quick because I said Rise played against Kaiju, and I think I misread that. I want to say it was uh, was that Kraken. You guys, can you guys see that by any chance? It looks like Kraken. Yeah, because I saw Kaiju. I was looking at uh, what Doom's uh, path looked like because uh, we made the comment earlier where like Rise had their what three three games and they just sat there while Doom was just constantly getting getting tested. I mean, they had um, Kaiju, Wrecking Balls, Outsiders, and then Space Cadets. Um, so they had a little bit more. Well, maybe maybe not that much more. Um, did they did they lose a game? Let's see, he went to Rise. Rise lost one game to um, Rain Bros. It looks like. Yeah. Okay. Man, crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, a pretty dominant final match there, and. Uh, it's got to feel good for those guys um, to bet. have won in such a fashion. And, you know, like, I think whenever those teams come together, we expect there to be, you know, a, a great play or a great effort or just a moment that kind of, like, defines the championship. And I think in that um, matchup, the fact that Rise was able to, like, keep those plays to a minimum was actually kind of, like, their their strategy like they they kept doom they kept ish our clutch man ish from like making any of those championship plays and uh they were almost they're almost the wet blanket they were they were trying to keep everything under control and it worked and next thing you knew the match was over and they had won the championship yeah it, they, i mean that's what they do it's, it's what they're known for they're they're very just um just solid like you said like a like wet blanket they don't let you play the game that you want to they they try to dictate as much as they can and when they do have that control it's just very methodical how they win um yeah i was, I was gonna ask actually if there was like any because like you know i'm looking back at the the titan versus doom match like for me the, there was that that catch and throw on pie and that was I'll, I'll probably remember that for a very long time um, there was, I think, Ketchum might have almost had a double catch. Was that was that that match as well? Do you guys remember yeah. that? Yeah, that was awesome. So, um, same story. Ketchum is throwing into a double team, and he jumps the count. So, he throws just a little bit before the double team comes from Space Cadets, and he throws at Matt Levine, who actually gets his ball out and makes the catch. Like almost simultaneously. And so he catches Andrew and, you know, on, on camera, we, we, all we see is Andrew making the double catch. And so we're going nuts. Right. But um, when you watch the replay, Andrew throws a catch 
a moment before he makes the catch. So he's out instantly and there's no double catch. Um, but yeah, I think that was, that was just a slice of what Matt Levine was doing. He was catching everything on Saturday and, uh, you know, catching Andrew Ketchum straight up is uh, an impressive feat and negating a double catch. So good, good for you, Matt. I say, and that was basically, that's not doomed. So that was my mistake. Um, but yeah, what, was, what I was going for was just like, I felt like the energy and the, the drama and the intensity was brought um, when Titan played against Doom. And then kind of like, as you said, Rise and Doom were just kind of like, like this is this is just a straight up transactional game, if that makes sense. That, that's the impression I got. Um, would you feel the same? Or do you have any thoughts on that versus any of the previous matches that you guys commentated on? Yeah, I think uh, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think whenever... Andrew Ketchum is on the court. There's kind of this energy. There's like this um, anything is possible kind of feeling. And then when Titan went down to Doom and we got the Doom Rise final for, you know, what a, what is it, like the fifth time? <laughs> we see this almost every regional. So there, I think some of the excitement was sucked out of it there. And But, I, you know, not – I would say that uh, – for anyone who like didn't pay attention, like they, they missed out because rise put on a clinic. And, uh, I think like the signifier maybe should have been that rise was in the winner's bracket. Like something was, something was happening and, uh, they just, they never let go. Even though they went down early, they, they grinded back and, uh, and, uh, they just shut the door on doom who I think had won the previous two championships in open. So they were on a two or three year streak of undefeated open championships. And that's broken now. Yep. The, the combo breakers. Um, Did rise versus doom to get to the winter bracket finals. Is that right? No, they were on opposite, uh, opposite ends. Is that what you're asking? Oh no. Like the, the, I guess the second to last match, like that rise play was also doom, wasn't it? And they're, they two owed them there. Is that right? So, yeah, can we scroll up to the winner's bracket? I think this is, right? Because Rainbow Space Cats are there. And so that's Rise beat Doom to get into the finals and then had to and then beat them again in the finals. Yeah, so uh, Doom sure? didn't lose to anyone other than Rise. So let me, let me back up here. So... This wasn't that situation where Rise or Doom had to play Rise twice, was it? Where they had to beat them twice in order to win, or was it? Yeah, it was. And so, okay. Rise had. It looks from the bracket, from the look of the bracket, um, Doom beat Rise to send them down to the losers bracket, and then Doom played the winner of Titan Space Cadets, and then Doom got back to the winners bracket to play Rise again, and they would have had to beat them twice. So. Um, Doom, Doom was zero and two against Rise. Rise was Rise had Doom's number on this day. I mean, if there's a day to have it, that that is the day to do it. Seriously, I mean, it must be those folding chairs. <laughs> it's gotta be. I mean, even back in the NDL days, like they they were they brought the folding chair to dodgeball. They like they they would find their little corner, camp out, and that that would just be that's the Rise area. Um, there's power in those things. And the Gatorade tells. Um, 
Awesome. Well, I think uh, I think that's all we, we need for this portion. Uh, like I said, I want to reach out to you guys because you had like the really awesome commentary advantage. So uh, before we sign off real quick, uh, Lucas, do you have any final thoughts overall? Yeah, um, I thought I thought this tournament was just awesome top to bottom. It was great playing against so many teams from out of our region. We had a really strong dose of East and North and South teams in our round robins. Um yeah, uh, so I think there was 42 teams in the open bracket, and uh, I think that might be the most that I remember. So that was awesome. Uh, with the 18 courts, um, it really facilitated a lot of play. So I loved it from that point of view. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I wish I wish there weren't so many games decided on which team had the back wall in their favor. Right. Uh, we were the higher seed in a lot of matchups, so there was a strong correlation of us winning games when we had the back wall. Um, so, you know, I, I wish that wasn't the case, but like, you know, most of these gyms uh, have you playing against the back wall. So that's, that's always going to happen. But um, other than that, I loved it. I thought the venue was amazing. It was really cool at the concourse. You could see the dodgeball from the concourse. Um, and there was just so much like natural light in that gym. So I, I loved that place. What did you think, Bill? I absolutely love that, that whole experience. Like as a ref, I was going from playing, playing, playing ref. Like, I think I got like five games off total. And I think Steve, you called it yesterday. I want to listen to the, the podcast with, with Mark and you, uh, you called it a marathon and I couldn't, I couldn't put it any other way than marathon. Like it, your mind is like entrenched in dodgeball that whole weekend and the fact that you don't have to pop out of it and except to like talk to someone else about dodgeball uh it's just an amazing event you get to meet a ton of new people like this is my second elite nationals uh and i think it was matched uh in terms of like boston for me just like how exciting it was and it was an amazing event and i cannot wait for the next one definitely it definitely re- uh, recharged my, my dodgeball battery, so I can't wait for next year. Um, awesome. Well, very cool, guys. Uh, thank you so much for hopping on. I definitely appreciate your time. Um, I think we'll just leave it at that. So uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and end this segment there. Very cool. Uh, Bill, Lucas, guys, thank you so much for hopping on and uh, kind of just give, give me your perspective of what you guys saw. I thought that you had a really unique vantage point, um, you know, doing the live stream and commentating the fact that you guys have been doing this for a couple of, of events now, especially uh, the bigger ones like UGC and whatnot. So definitely appreciate it. Loved hearing the the breakdown and like the play-by-play. And I really feel like that's a really awesome uh, element that I wanted to bring into future recaps. So um, moving on though, let's go ahead and get into the next segment. All right, so I got Ryan uh, Haley with me here. Ryan, hey, thanks for hopping on, man. Um, am I getting your name right, Haley? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, why don't you go ahead and um, just go ahead and fully introduce yourself, um, teams you played for, what you're known for, how long you've been playing, and we'll, we'll start there. Sure, yeah. Ryan Haley uh, played with LA Riot for Open and No Sting uh, Nationals, and then I played for Zephyr uh, for Coed. Um, I've been playing Elite for three years. Um, this was my first year at Nationals. Um, my first two seasons, I was uh, I was with Showtime, and I think I was busy. I couldn't quite go uh, attend in, I believe that was Louisiana. 
And then the next year, um, I played with Glenn's West Coast team, Resistance. And uh, he kind of just put that together to have a team to play with. Um, But we knew we weren't going to try to go to nationals. I believe last year was Boston. Um, And yeah, so I didn't go to that. So this was my first year. Awesome. Well, I'm... Happy to have you on, man. And it's uh, it's kind of like a funny story of how it actually happened. Um, it was I remember you you posted something about like, hey, can we get some like different voices uh, on the panel? And I'm I'm all for it. And maybe I don't do enough proactive research or re- outreach to, to make it happen. But um, I, I really didn't mean to like call you out. I was just like, hey, dude. Well, if you're offering, uh, I'm down to, to to have you on. So between that and 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 the miss. Um, I guess like the missed meetings that we had because I was trying to get to you um, with, with the in-person recordings but I think uh, just looking at the notes that you've taken your setup like I think this worked out for the best so thanks for thanks for being patient with me and, and hopping on man great yeah thanks um, I think most of the people that know me know I like to uh, give people a hard time but overall um, I try to uh, be nice and kind uh, to everyone as long as it's constructive um, I have no problem with that at all so um well, cool. Well, let's, let's just go ahead and, and get into, so this is your first year at Nationals. Um, I've got pretty much all of them, with the exception of Boston, um, under my belt. But I'm really curious to hear, like, what do you think overall? Like, just, did it live up to the expectation? Um, how, how, just kind of give me, like, your, your initial thoughts on it as a whole. Yeah, um, overall, I had a great time. Um, I don't really know what I was going to expect. Um, I thought it was just going to be, like, a West Round 4 um, and I really, really, really enjoyed getting to meet the other teams from other regions. Um, it's actually pretty nice to get to play against a competition you've never seen. Um, that was probably the highlight of it. Um, I guess I didn't realize how not boring or stagnant, but when you continually play the same teams over and over again, um, you kind of get into a repetition. Like, oh, we're going to play a rise. They're probably going to beat us so we're going to play someone else well we're probably going to beat them um so just seeing teams for the first time uh was really cool um and i really like to see the age range too there was lots of young guys lots of uh, older um i kind of consider myself on the older end i guess Um, but yeah it was a really fun time yeah it's it's really i agree i mean i was gonna ask like do you have that like that feeling of I guess familiarity in LA because you guys are so massive. Um, in Arizona, obviously, it's it's easy to feel like we're going to play against like two teams tops. Um, for for you guys, you know, you have you're still considered like the mecca of dodgeball. But um, I kind of wanted to ask, like, you, you kind of already answered it. Do you, do you get that feeling of like, man, I we're playing the same people over and over and over again, no matter how you paint it? You know, in LA in general, um, it's a huge scene. We have many leagues, uh, lots of no sting foam. Um, a little bit of 8.5. I'm actually jealous of the uh, Rise guys down in San Diego that do a consistent 8.5 practice every week. Um, here in LA, uh, we only have an open gym on Wednesday nights that Mark kind of runs sometimes, um, but majority, uh, it's no sting. Almost, you, you could probably play six nights a week um, here. Uh, so getting to play 8.5 is what's exciting to me about going uh, about playing in the West um, because there are a lot of teams, um, but there isn't a ton of practice uh, for 8.5. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's weird. You, you'd think there would be, um, but I don't want to pry into that too much. Maybe offline. But um, I like what you said also about how there are just, there's, a, there's like a really, I don't know, really cool element about 
we're playing against a team in Texas. I've never seen these guys before. Or we're playing against a team from Minnesota. I've, I've never seen these guys before. Like it just, I don't know. It just, it adds to that excitement. And there was times where like, I have no idea who to look out for. Cause I, you're like, oh, I'm going to play against um, Titan. Obviously we're going to look out for Ketchum. Um, make sure you don't, you know, take your eyes off of Ryan. Or I'm going to play against, um, you know, you can just do that with, with basically any team. But then you look at this new team lineup against you. Like I, let's just see what happens. Um, did you have that moment a lot um, when you guys were lined up against uh, people in your pool? Yeah, I think so. There were some that we said, we don't even know who these people are. <laughs> exactly. um, and then there were some where we could do some research on, let's say, the Tribune saying, you know, clutch modes rank. Let's watch out for Chris uh, De Jesus. Um, the guy's a catcher and, and a thrower. So that was actually kind of cool to see some faces uh, along with um, their playing styles. And, cool. and to go, okay, I'm looking out for, for this guy. Of course, I think he, he caught us like three times. So we didn't do a very good job <laughs> of studying. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like you knew what to expect. You just It was the execution that maybe fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Or he's just that good. Uh, it could also be that. Uh, I've seen him. I, yeah, I think so, man. There is a lot of young, uh, young guys uh, that are really going to be the next uh, stars in dodgeball. That's awesome. Um. So, so kind of keeping this high level, um, just going back to like you know the the Southwest slash West bias. Were there any West teams that stood out the most to you? That was, I guess, like other than the norm or the expectation. Yeah, so I took a look at um, where teams were ranked on uh, the Tribune's uh, estimate versus how they actually finished. Um, and you know, you've got the Rise, Titan, Fortune, all finishing slightly higher than what they had were um, uh, estimated. Um, so that was cool. Uh, but really, uh, Rainbows, I think, was way down at the bottom, and they ended up fin- finishing um, in the top five, uh, either five five or six, I believe. Yeah, Rainbows didn't surprise me just because they, they in my mind, they, they've proven that they belong top five on the West any, any day. Um, what I think surprised me was the addition of Brandon Cook, who is a monster apparently um i remember you know playing against him way back in the day my my oregon days in like 2013 12 ish and uh i mean he was good like you could you kind of you know how you're talking about like you can look at a young guy and be like this guy's gonna he's gonna go places like he's good I definitely had that for him but i had no idea that he would have the uh the cannon that he did and i think rainbows really like utilized that to their advantage and i felt like they were way more offensive than normal um that was from my point of view though um did you have a chance to play against them and, and what, what were your thoughts I did, yeah, and I agree. I thought he uh, fit. I thought he fit pretty well there. Um, yeah, it was a little bit odd. Um, there's a team out of Port- Portland called Downpour that uh, he he was on. So I think he left to go to Rainbows, and a few of the Downpour guys switched over and joined Double Tap. Um, so you, you could see some teams uh, split up to join others, um, and that actually improved those teams. I, I thought Double Tap, who I've seen a lot in the West. Um, improved greatly by the two guys uh, they added um, trying to think who they were Kyle and James um, they, they played great yeah James Alston another guy I remember from again back in the the Oregon days and, and, and even NDL like that guy's always been pretty solid and um, he, he's coming out a lot stronger and faster and better than I remember so huge shout out to him and also just the teams that are able to kind of take what what didn't work and do away with that and, and, and put in what what does so it's always cool to see that um sometimes it's, it's like hit or miss like you, you see somebody on the lineup like oh that's gonna work out for them and it doesn't but then you see something like works out better and you're like wow it's good they should have figured that out earlier but um any other um players or, or new teams i guess 
kind of from the west portion that stood out the most to you just overall um i'm trying to think about the west here um just something else about uh double tap which like i said they just improved by adding a few players we had played them three times in in the west round one two and three and riot had beaten them um and they were actually the team to put us out so it was almost like they uh studied us and knew what we wanted to to do uh and then were ready to uh take us out so so that was really impressive you said uh double tap knocked you guys out yeah yeah it's funny um well, I mean, not funny for you guys, but it's just odd because that happened to us in, in round three. Uh, Double Tap took us out, and I, they shut me down. And I was like, why are you guys picking on me? And um, I think Alan's dad was like, well, you know, we recognized you, so we just went for you first. I was like, what? That's not cool. But then it's also like, well, they're, they're paying attention. And I think, you know, after talking to so many team captains, players, and teams, it's, it's the teams that are like, they're building off of the fundamentals. Like, yes, you can catch, you can throw. But can you watch other teams? Can you take the time to study film and understand who to go up against and what works and what doesn't? So it's awesome seeing that that's like elevating um, or, or getting teams to break past their their barriers. But um, let's go to move on to um, one one more high level question. That was uh, what was the most impressive event uh, for you overall? Like if you can just take away one thing that you were just like, man, this is this is awesome. What what was that for you? Um, for the tournament as a whole. Um, one thing that this was was awesome. Um, I think just just bringing it all together, knowing that um, everybody's playing in their round and they're playing their own style in the north and the south, east, west, and bringing it all together um, to see each other's styles and to meet each other and say, hey, you know, we've all got this love for, for the sport. I, I think that was uh, the best part of the, the weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it, it's um, it's just cool seeing all the all the variety that that's that's coming together now because of, of nationals. Um, let's go ahead and move into uh, some turning observations and just kind of looking at your notes. Um, you put in uh, hotels and parties. Um, I guess we can we can do that before we dive into the actual like plane. So, what um, what were you thinking there with, with that um, notation? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was pretty impressed with the the hotel. I'm really glad that Jake, Mark, uh, and the team got uh, got us a great deal. Um, we all stayed in the same place. Um, that I think that was very beneficial for us to grow um, as a league and uh, grow the camaraderie between teams. Um, just ha- having us stay so close. Um, I thought the parties were fun. Um, you know, lots of. Uh, drinks and getting to see see everyone outside of their dodgeball gear uh, was of course a pretty fun time yeah that was that was really fun um i remember just sitting with serge uh sergio and, and just looking at i don't see people like dolled up but they like you said they were out of their dodgeball gear like it's it's weird seeing some people not wearing a jersey or not wearing knee pads or you're like oh oh it's that guy or it's that that person from that team so that was cool and I, I agree like I think the the venue setup was awesome um, the shuttle service um, I didn't I don't utilize it but I, I was that was really cool that it was there and I, I was really impressed with the fact that um, we were put up in a Hilton um, I yeah. thought that was I mean like it's like almost like pulling out all the stops is like just this is the high-level treatment that you know some of us all secretly just just crave and, and want to see happen um, for dodgeball to be taken seriously but um and parties uh, i thought there was only one at least i went to 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like every night there, um, gotcha. everybody was going somewhere to grab a couple of drinks, whether that was the lobby or a restaurant or a bar down the street. I feel like I saw tons of people out almost every single night. Um, so it might not have been collected parties. Like sanctioned um, parties, but just social opportunities. Yeah, and, gotcha. and what I liked about that was some random person uh, walks up to you and says like hey like i don't know you but you're a great catcher you're a great thrower i think that was uh uh really nice that we got to just i feel like there was a lot of compliments just hey i don't i you're great like thanks what's your name you know (laughs) and then come the uh the random facebook requests unless you're chris bell and you just deny them because you're you're, i guess you're too good for people yeah 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 that's funny that's yeah Oh, Chris Bell. Um, let's talk about the refing. Um, yeah, people so, have their opinions, but let's 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 hear yours. Yeah, so I I this uh, for nationals. Um, I try to ref as much as possible um, in the West and try to once the bigger games come down, um, try to be there either helping. Um, I know Joe Coella and Brett Baxter um, are great refs, and they they typically do the finals games and such. Um, so I try to help. And for nationals, um, I took it upon myself uh, to go get, get a ref shirt uh, from my dad. He he's been refing his whole whole life, so he has we got that. Um, and so I wanted to ref, um, but overall, as a player, I, I actually thought the refing was lacking, and it wasn't that. Um, the refs themselves were bad. I just don't know about the system, how it's currently set up. I think some p- people are volunteered to ref and they either don't want to ref or they're not a good ref or they don't know the, the, the rules. Um, but I saw lo- a lot of non-calls and I kind of feel like the first rule of refing is to have your confidence. You, you need to make a call and stick with that call. Now, if you need to discuss it with your, your partner call to time out, talk about it and make a call and stick with it. I thought there was a lot of arguing, a lot of, well, I didn't see it. So I'm not going to make a call. Well, that just puts both teams in this. Well, wait, I thought he was out and the other team said, well, I don't think, think he's out. And so the questioning, um, I think breeds this atmosphere of now I'm going to kind of point or I'm going to try to influence. Um, and that, that I thought could have been I- improved. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I definitely understand, and, and we, we had some situations um, for both open and co-ed where you can tell, like, the ref wasn't fully, I don't want to say, like, checked in, but kind of like we said, like, maybe they were volunteered, like, they're doing it because they have to, and so maybe they're just new, because for some reason, a lot of people are intimidated by refing. They, they would rather not do it at all, and um, for me, I don't mind it. I'll, I'll step in when I when I can, and I don't, I mean, if people can get in my face, they're just going to make it worse. Um but that takes that, that comes from years upon years upon years of playing. It also takes upon the confidence of like, oh, I'm looking across from me, and I, you know, I'm refing with Brad. Um, no one's going to challenge that. Or I'm, I'm refing with other, another confident person. And so, if you are refing with somebody who has no idea what they're doing, it just adds, like you said, like a different kind of element to it. And uh, I think the the setup or the administrative structure was was great. Like we we all had to take a test, right? We had we're getting compensated for it even to kind of help, like sweeten the deal and i forget like why is why is elite dodgeball sending me money like oh yeah because the ref that's great yeah but i think like there's just got to be something where it's like it's not 
take a whole team i'm not singling anybody out by any means just a scenario but take a whole team that does not want to ref it's like who are the unlucky two that are going to get condemned to, to ref and are they going to take that into into the games and i don't know maybe like referee clinics are are the answer maybe incentives um past 40 bucks i, I don't want to even i don't really want to go much past that but yeah i i kind of agree like there were strong refs there was decent ones and there was one that that's just like we're better policing ourselves like this isn't gonna we're not gonna get the calls that we need um so i i, I agree with you there um that's why I, I didn't even question that you had a referee shirt on by the way i remember i remember walked by you and it's like oh he's got a ref shirt that's cool but then i'm thinking like how'd you how'd you get that <laughs> so you're, yeah you're, yeah 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 i brought a couple so i gave one to uh my my buddy cliff ferry uh, and Jarrell from Arsenal too. So we uh, refed as a crew uh, for nice. for a while. Do you know if I did I ref any games with you? I want to say we did. I feel like we did too, but I can't uh, put my finger on I it. I think right we now. got a Rainbows Rainbows game together. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and I had lots of pe- people come up to me afterwards and say, "Hey, I really like that you refed our game because you were stern with your your, your calls." Yeah. You, you made a call. You didn't let people argue it. Um, and I'll be, be honest. There are some teams that not they don't like to argue, but they're intimidating. You know, you got the rises and the dooms, um, and they're intimidating players because they're so good. So you think like they know what they're talking about. But you know, any ref just needs to um, be confident. Yeah, yeah you just gotta make that call and stick with it. Um, come hell or high water. Uh, I remember there was this one one play that happened and. <laughs> God bless him. The, the captain of the team was like trying to call timeout. He's like yelling in my face. Well, he wasn't yelling in my face, but he's he's you know he's yelling at me to to not to be a jerk, but he's just he's, he's worked up. He's like timeout, timeout. I'm like no, you you can't call timeout. And Tosh, like what are you doing? Like I, I told him to shut up. Like you can't. Um, and then he kept going. He's like, look, you're gonna make me miss another call if you don't stop. And he, I think he gathered himself and and calmed down. And you know that honestly, my first time refereeing probably couldn't have done that. Probably would have you know freaked out a little bit but uh it just comes with time um but um don't want to beat that too much uh but i did want to kind of touch on what your what you experienced from your perspective but let's go into um the all-star games um what do you think of that yeah man that was that was really fun to watch both the um men's and the women's um I, i thought all those teams were really great um and it was really cool to see um some of those players stand out as like, whoa, that person is a legit all-star. Like they, they're putting the team on their back. Um, yeah, so somebody uh, on the West that, that, that I thought, um, the West came out and I thought they were dominating in that, that kind of a round robin-ish that, that, that they did. Um, but then they got down in the finals and I forget who it was too, but I want to say it was like two on four or something. And I want to say it was like Tim and Nate left, I, I think, and and I just feel like Tim just stepped it up, um, and you know played like he normally does, and says like I'm not, they're not going to take me out. I'm here to win, uh, and yeah, the West won that one for the men's, and I thought that was really great. Freaking Tim, that that guy. I remember playing in a charity tournament with him, and he was just going full Tim. And I was like, dude, this is a charity sand dodgeball tournament. Like, what are you doing? And he just said, Steve, I don't, I wasn't born with a half. And he doesn't have anything, and so for him to like say, "No, we're not going to lose. I'm going to Tim Fuller Tim my way through this All Star game, which is supposed to be for fun," you know, like it doesn't surprise me at all that he pulled a Tim and, and continued to just um, help his team out. And looking at the All Star lineup, I was like, "No, thank you. Like that is 
not a team I'd ever want to face off against. Um, you know, um, I, I, I also enjoyed uh, Ketchum and Brody br- bringing a little bit of comedy uh, to, the, to the court <laughs> as, as well. I mean, we're all there to ha- have fun. Um, so there were a lot of uh, funny moments uh, during those games. That was really great. Yeah, I, I think Brody is just the physical embodiment of a funny moment. And everything he does, um, even to include offline or off off the court, that guy is just she's fun to watch. Um, but I just remember, I think I saw Brody and Ketchum about the throw, and that's when I had my no thank you moment. Like, I, I don't want any part of that. Um, good luck, whoever that is. But um, did you notice anybody else on the other All Star teams that you might have noticed, or um, that did sort of shout out? Like, who is who is giving the West like the hardest time? Um, oh man, let me think back to that. Um, I want to say it was the South, if I remember. It could have been the South. I know. I think they had a couple guys from the Outsiders. Yeah, then it would have been the South then. Had a couple of good uh, catchers on the South team. I remember that. Um, I think the North was having. Was it, I think the East was ha- having some trouble. Um, I think the North played good. Played well. Yeah, it um, it was just it was legit all stars. Like I, I really liked uh, the whole setup, and I even think in my interview with uh, with Mark, he said like that was one of his like one of the few things that he really liked the most and thought it was like just the most fun. So yeah, that's a very cool. So did you get a chance to uh, to catch the women's uh, all stars as well? Um, you know, I yeah, I saw the w- women's. Uh, I did a line ref uh, for their matches very impressive um and it was really great uh to see those uh to see them from all the regions uh, play for sure um it looks like west women's took it again um was that kind of uh not to put not to put any other region on the spot but like did the west women's dominate or were there other regions that kind of gave them a run for the money that you can recall Uh, you know i would say that they played pretty well in the round Robin. I think there was one other team, and I'm, I'm forgetting who it was, that gave him a run. Um, but uh, overall, it was very competitive uh, matches. I think for the West, I think Azalea, of course, stood out to me. Um, Karina and Bri- Bri- Brianna both stood out. Um, but yeah, they were, they were great games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I said this earlier in another episode, like not to dismiss them for the talent, but I'm just I'm looking at this lineup. Um, I'm not surprised. I, I've heard a lot about uh, Kiki. Um, I, I don't know her last name. I think it's Kadana, but I know that she's been a huge factor. Um, talking to um, to uh, Crystal Briones and, and just understanding that these these I mean, this is like the powerhouse team. So, um, yeah, I've been hearing her name a lot lately. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I hope I'm going to see. You. Let me slow down. I'm going to Bell's, and I'm curious to see if she's going to be there because then I know like who to who to watch out for and see like what she's like in, in action, so to speak. But um, let's go ahead and move on to since we're kind of like talking about stuff that wasn't quite the actual tournament. Let's go into showdown. Um, what were your thoughts on that, and who were you rooting for? You know, I was rooting for Mikey, um, Mikey. Uh, from the Outsiders. I right. mean, his last name is Hashimoto. Hashimoto. Um, I, yeah, I just think he's just a rising star. He's going to be a great player. Um, so I'm excited to watch him uh, grow and continue to get bit better. Um, I watched the finals there against him and Glenn. Um, and, you know, Glenn's been there but before. 
Uh, he's, I believe he's won it before. So I was rooting for Mikey there. I really wanted him uh, to take it. Um, so Glenn won. So congrats to, to, to him. Um, but, but I hope uh, Mikey can take it next year. Yeah. I, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to add insult to injury. Literally, that was a terrible pun. I did not mean to do that. That was not an intended pun. Um, Mike, um, Mike McGee, you know, breaking his hand. Like he obviously didn't get to uh, to to compete, and so the the showdown didn't get to run its full course. So I'm wondering, you know, what would uh, what what would that have looked like had he been there? So actually, I think um, what happened there on the east was um, Mikey and the other guy, and I'm blanking on his name, um, who came in second. Actually. Mikey had stepped over the line, I think, a couple too many times, um, and the, uh, the 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 other guy who took it, man, I wish I knew his name. Um, he said, you know, I don't want to win like that. Let's continue to go. Um, so Mike McGee won, but in actuality, if you went by the the, the rules, the other guy would have won. So he he actually stepped in and played um, uh, in the showdown. Oh, nice. Uh, you're, you're thinking uh, Andrew Zappala? Oh, yeah, Zappala. yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, I, I call him, well, we, I don't, like I didn't, like I coined his name. They call him Zaps, so I just, I go with that because I, I don't know how to pronounce his name for some reason. So you're talking about Zaps. Like, he's like, yeah, I don't want to win that way. So he uh, ended up conceding his win because Mike eventually did understand lines, how they work, and beat him. So he got to fill in then. Yeah. That's what you're saying? Yep. Awesome. So how, how did that play out? Because I'm guessing, did he go up against... Uh, uh, Michael Coyve from from Morgan. You know, I think he did, but I actually didn't get to see that match. Actually, no, I don't know if he went against him. I think they each would have gone against Glenn and Mikey, um, but I didn't see those. I, I only saw the very the last match. The last one. How did how did Mikey look? Um, was he very offensive? Um, um, he just seems like he's calm under pressure. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he was rattled at all. He was just, you know, I'm here to play some dodgeball. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he uh, looked great. That's awesome. Yeah, because I, I did a, a team interview with them, and the Hashimoto brothers are hysterical. They're always, like, talking to each other, and uh, they're, they're just – I, I think they, they – well, they told, like, they were acting more cocky than normal. But they, like you said, they had that calm, collected demeanor, like, I'm here to play dodgeball. And I, I was just curious if that – what that looked like when you're actually playing especially when the stakes are high like like showdown but um i was going for glenn uh, i was going for the older generation so um you know no offense to the other guys but I'm, i was happy that that glenn took it um but i also hate change so that's that's just me being old um nice. let's let's go ahead and finally get into uh to the other divisions now and we'll start with open and just kind of how we started with the tournament i, I want to start with just like your high level thoughts and so just overall um what was your your main takeaway for the open division? Um, open, my main takeaway, um, like I've said before, was um, I think everybody came into the day probably just a little nervous, um, not n- knowing who all is going to be there and what the uh, other teams are going to be, be like. So I think once everybody uh, shook the nerves off after the first two games, I think everybody really started to play uh, like themselves. Um it was really cool, like I said, to see see lots of different teams. The the ones that was shocking me the most were seeing. I've never really played against uh, the young college guys. Um, I think they play up north. Uh, the what are they? The NC 
and CDA. CDA. Yeah. Um, so getting to see them was uh, was different for me. There was certainly I thought they played a different style of dodgeball, um, and I know they are typically in the pinch division, um, but they carried themselves differently than how let's say the teams in the West Coast um, carry themselves. Yeah, I was um, I was pretty impressed with with Notorious um, and and just seeing, like you said, like a different, like like a, just a different team, like faces I don't recognize, jerseys I don't recognize. I've heard of the name a few times in, in the recaps, but um, you know that that's about it. And just seeing these guys um, just throw down was was really cool. Um, because for me, yeah. the, the norm is like a new team will show up and they'll just get rocked because they don't know what they're signing up for. <laughs> But I don't feel like that was too much this year. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah. So specifically on Notorious, I, I think yeah, it was um, it, it was good to see them. I I actually don't think they were ranked on uh, Tyler's list on Tribune and ended up finishing what in like fifth or something. Um, so they played really great. Um, but other than that, I did see a couple teams who I think were probably down towards the bottom who, who were basically saying we're, we might not win a game t- today. Um, so so that was, uh, that was uh, surprising to see. So, so you did run into some of those teams then? Um... Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was a couple that just looked like they weren't having a, a very fun day. That's a bummer. I must have. I was. I think I was in a, a fairly decent bracket because um, I don't think there were too many teams that were just getting completely mowed down. Because yeah, I I agree. Like, especially in playing in tournaments like outside of elite uh, back in the day, like you never want a team to come that's in to dodgeball is brand new, get rocked and then never come back. Because you want people to come back. You want them to practice and get better, and, and you want that growth. So it's always kind of sad to to see teams get steamrolled and not have a good time. But uh, hopefully, these teams that shut up go home and be like wow there's, there's a lot of work we got to do to to contend and, and they, they do come back yeah i agree i i hope everybody takes it as a learning uh experience uh and improves their game and their strategy uh works on the fundamentals uh, and comes back and is better next year for sure and um yeah you're, you're right with notorious they they tied for fifth with rainbows which is wow that's that's, that's kind of to me to me that's a statement like that that just shows um the talent there and um i guess like where they belong on a national level because we're, we're so used to like that love, western comparison i'd love to bring a team like notorious out to la uh and let them play in the la scene um because it, i will say my opinion and and this wasn't just them it was a couple like i said the younger college guys seemed seemed a little not aggro but in the la scene out here it's jake jake really helps us with this very inclusive um we're all here to have fun it's competitive but we don't at the end of the day we're going to shake your hand and have a beer with with you we're not going to try to fight you we're not going to um so seeing some teams outside of the west um was eye-opening for me because of like that maybe not inclusive factor um yeah like like you know i'm just here to i'm here to win and i don't care like i'm not even going to talk to you after this um, gotcha. that kind of, kind of thing it's like hey man there's, there's more to 
this community than than this dodgeball like we actually are our community and, and like each other uh, off the yeah. court so gotcha um were there any other teams that um kind of maybe talked about it already but just any others that you might want to to mention just overall or at least in the open division the stuff i mean i obviously space cadets is, is has been coming up i think in every single episode of this recap um for me like that was it was incredible watching that happen but did you have any other experiences or, or notice any other teams as well yeah that was great um uh, yeah i broke it down by um region so in the east i was really impressed with clutch mode um, and I mentioned Chris all, all, already, but there's a guy on that, on that team called um, Tyler Alcantara, I believe his name is. Um, Jesus R- R- Ramirez, that guy can really catch and was not afraid of the ball whatsoever. So I really like seeing them. Um, I think Clutch Mode also picked up a couple guys from Z Warriors, uh, TJ Jefferson and Dalton Byron. Um, just, just young guys with a great attitude here to have fun um i really enjoyed meeting that team um goat uh those guys were great uh let's see louis velez justin bosch great just all around great people um and it really uh helped me um see like what the what the east is all is all, all about of course you know you got uh team awesome as well it was really great so so that was cool um and then last of course joshua ty on arkham um just great guy fun to be, be around uh yeah the east is a uh, really made up of some cool teams yeah um joshua ty that guy the guy cracks me up um and has been doing so for years now but uh, he's also really really good um and going back to your comment about goat they're, they're an awesome group of guys um again i got to interview them in a, in a in a like a panel interview and it was great just like getting to know them and it was great seeing them in person and then we had to like line up against i was like oh man the fun stops here but it was fun like we we were able to to play against them and it was you know like you said we're friends off the court um but yeah uh, huge shout out to that team just all of them they're 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 solid dudes um and lastly, um, Aftershock, um, I didn't know too much about them, um, and I thought they played really well um, the times I got to see them. I don't think I got to play against them. Um, I'm trying to remember what their jerseys might have looked like. I think they were like a maroon um, earthquake type. Gotcha. Pattern. Maroon yeah. and white, I want to say. That's the thing. Is like, it's kind of a good thing. Like, man, there's so many new teams here. I didn't get to talk to everybody, which is, which is I don't know, it's, it's a... It's a weird problem to have versus it's the same 10 teams over and over and over again. Um, so we kind of covered, I guess, I guess we kind of covered like the East. Um, were there any, were there any of the West teams? Like you, had, you mentioned double tap previously. Um, you know, rise, of course, uh, I think they, they finished in the top in almost all of the d- d- divisions. Um, they played great, but just seeing Tim was just on fire. Just, I, I think he took me out like three or four times, just right, right on top of the shoe. Um, I had no chance to catch it uh, or dodge it, and um, I just think he just played a great tourney. Um, you mentioned in the notes James Wright, Alan's dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so every m- morning, uh, I rented a car, and with uh, Cliff Ferry, who's on Riot. Um, 
uh, Brett Cobble, who was on Riot, and An Fawn on Zephyr and Grit. And we would go out to a diner every morning at 7 a.m. Um, just to get a pre, pre-breakfast. And one morning, uh, James w- w- was there, and he came up to us and started giving us crap. But he was just the nicest guy in, in, in the world, and, and and that was just such a great experience to see him outside of outside of the outside of the, the, the court and just know how how great of a guy he he is. Um, I uh, I really liked that. It was, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, he uh, he gives me hope. Um... Not, not to like date anybody but he's obviously one of the one of the older players out there and he's still you know scoring up with the best so um i love seeing that and uh i had like a f- i hope it was a funny interaction he might have thought i was serious because I, I can be kind of like deadpan and stern looking but i said your son is a terrible person i hate him <laughs> he's like yeah he's the worst and uh i never got the chance to say just kidding i'm, I'm sure he knew i was but if you're listening Alan or or uh, James, you know I'm joking. I, I like Alan a lot. So, um, but speaking of Alan's, I was going to mention Alan Stott. Uh, wow, um, I interviewed him. I think in January, right after Sin City, and he made this comment where he's like, "My only focus right now is getting Rise another championship, something like that." I'm, I'm paraphrasing, and. Um, to see that come full circle was really cool, and I made that comment on on his Facebook. I was like, dude, I'm right here at this at this mark at 11, whatever you say this, and look what happened, man. That's so cool. Um, other than playing like Alan normally plays, did you notice him in any of your chances? Um, did he look different at all to you? Like more offensive, more conservative, or did he just kind of stand out in your mind with Rise and that lineup? I think yeah, I think their whole team did a great job. You know, Chris Bell, Alan, Chad. Landrum, um, I think they all played great. Um, but yeah, I, I, Alan, I, I feel like when I see him at the West rounds, I think he's a little bit, um, maybe takes more risks and may, maybe he was playing a little bit more conservative, um, which we could probably all benefit from. Um, but yeah, I, I thought just as a team, they played great. I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I'm super jealous that, that they get that weekly practice and I, I would love to, to establish that um, in Los Angeles. Well, I will say, um, not to call any of the LA guys out, but the fact that they're able to sync well when two of their players are in Phoenix and another one is in Utah says a lot about um, what they do in between practices and, and off the court. And if that can be replicated or mimicked or um, just internalize i guess in some way the teams that do that are going to go far um so yeah like it practices go a, a long way and this is this is proof i mean uh rise has they were kind of looking like they weren't going to do very well especially with the previous rounds leading up to nationals and they did something that obviously worked very well so it's um it's just a nod to to hard work and, and, and making it work regardless of the uh whatever obstacles might be in the way so yeah and i think it says a lot about uh just fundamentals of dodgeball um they just do that stuff great um uh, and i would say rise and also rainbows do a pretty good job of of um strategy as well there are certainly two teams that stand out to 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 me in the west that that they've thought when this happens we should do this or let's try to run this kind of a play um, and when you're able to, when you've got the fundamentals down, you're able to move on to uh, advanced dodgeball. And I think they both do a great job of that. For sure. Uh, I want to go back real quick. Um, 
this kind of bleeds into it. So um, you had Brick Squad, and I'm looking at your notes, and I see you put Dylan and Mick, who are obviously West Coast players. Um, but I didn't want to overlook Brick Squad either because I, I, I feel like they had a pretty good presence as well. But um, do you want to kind of comment on why you included Dylan and, and Mick? Yeah, yeah. You know, Brick Squad in, gen- in g- g- general was just a fun team to play against, um, uh, playing against Sean. And uh, I really like seeing that they picked up a couple of players. So I know that Tuva and Heat didn't go. And I think, yeah, so they picked up um, Dylan, Mick, and I believe Baby Geo played on their team. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to get to see them uh, as a team. And I thought they played great to, to together, even having uh, new people on, on their squad. Yeah, I feel like it would have been kind of tragic if uh, to go from winning UDC, which is a huge deal, especially since uh, you know you took out Doom to get there, to just not go to Elite Nationals. So, props to Mick for for showing up, and Dylan, who I know loves rubber. Uh, he told me in confidence that he absolutely loves rubber dodgeball. Now he's giving up foam. Um, totally true, one hundred percent. Like this happened last week. It's yeah. awesome. Um, Nationals changed him, but uh, awesome. Baby Geo. Um, there's a third geo out there right um that's what you're saying yeah yeah what's, what's it what's his name why oh, i forget and i just wrote in my notes baby <laughs> geo. i guess it's baby um <laughs> baby yeah but Facebook oh man chat. those guys are all great i uh, met them at the pool um in the the, the the hotel just that that whole family is just 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 great great people yeah it's uh i'm so glad they still play um they knocked us out i think of open yeah they did it was it was a pretty good ma- uh pretty good battle too um i remember like talking to, to drew and just kind of catching up like man i've known this guy for for quite some time now and he's a good dude um i'm not I'm, I'm i'm upset like obviously i wanted to win but i'm not i'm not mad at this like like this isn't hurt as much if that makes sense um they were the better team that day and um you know they moved on and that was it was just great seeing some of the older teams still stick around especially on the east coast but um Let's go to move into the to the north. Um, what teams did you did you notice? Like we kind of talked about Notorious a little bit. Um, yeah, so there were a couple of home home teams, right? Um, and it was sure. just really fun to hear you hear all year long about TC Boosh and really getting to play against them. Um, I think I played against them a couple times. Um, was really great. Um, I think everybody on that team is just a good person <laughs> as well. Um, you think you got Eric, Cody, Derek. Johnson, Demonte, Bizzle—they were—they were just nice people. So that, yeah. that was really nice to uh, get to play against them. Yeah, it, it, they're a good group of guys, like you said. Um, again, I got to talk to them um, as a, well. Not all of them. I got to talk to Derek, Demonte, and uh, I got to talk to Eric Stone a lot, um, especially because he helped out with a lot of the Northern recaps. <clears throat> and they're just solid dudes. Um, I thought it was hilarious because uh, in that interview, Derek Johnson said the one thing he's looking forward to the most is the Taylor Swift concert. I'm like, okay, buddy, whatever you say. And then, sure, sure, he's, uh, I'm going to have to boot that out. He, he shows up at the Taylor Swift concert. There's a picture of him, like, the night of or after, I think, Elite. So uh, I thought that was just funny to see that come full full circle. But, um, yeah, and then and Bizzle, Jeremy uh, Meadows, he's he's a good guy, too. I've, I've known him for quite some time. We're Pokemon Go buddies, um, seriously lacking on the gift-giving. But he's, he's always cool to see. And just, uh, like you said, uh, you know, any team can be a part of this. Any team could have that. I'm looking forward to seeing this guy and, and having a beer with them or, or playing against them. It doesn't just have to be show up, play, and leave. Um, and hopefully, you know, efforts will be made on, on both parties to, to make that happen for some of the, the new teams that showed up that are NCDA specific. Um, 
but let's move on to the south now so um for me outsiders just came out of the gates um and again gonna sound like a broken record but this should be the last time got to interview them got to know them really well so i was, I was happy to see them kind of show other regions that they that they belong and that, that that they are a force to contend with and when i look at where they finished overall uh tied for seventh um so i mean they, they made their statement i feel especially with uh with mikey um in showdown um what are your thoughts on them yeah they were they were a really fun team uh to play against and i listened to that uh, podcast and so I was I was excited to see them. Um, someone who really stood out was Von Kelly. I think um, he just carries himself uh, with maturity and um, he's a great player, but also a really great person. Um, so I was overall impressed with the Outsiders team. Yeah, um, like I said, that they're they're a good group. Um, I didn't get to catch Von Kelly meditating though. I'm really bummed about that. Yeah, yeah. Me, me either. Next time, I'll, I'll look out for that. Um, I think. Well, we, I think we covered all the regions. Um, I don't know if there's like. Can I ask if there's like any matches that you might have noticed um, that just stood out to you the most? Like you're just like, man, this is this is going to be in my memory two weeks later, so I can talk about it. Anything like that happened to you at all? Um. No, I really like when. It seems like everybody now is filming games, so I take my camera to every every tourney. I load it up afterwards. Um, I'm really liking that everyone is capturing these games, and then you see a cool catch or a cool throw, um, and you're you're able to make a little clip and share that. I I just think that's really great for the sport of dodgeball. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, nice. Yeah, I agree, and that's uh, for for me. Like, it's like I, cool. I get to watch this later, um, and I love I love the clips that are showing up. And I'm I'm, I'm always going to point to like is Brody an alien that uh, Mick Wood posted. Um, <laughs> God, that is still brings me so much joy. But one that that came out recently was um, oh man, what was his name? But he's from Fortune. He's um, God, that wears a hat. Um, but he, he, you know, he drops a ball, and they do it to um, the Backstreet Boys. Or shoot, oh my God, I'm gonna get crap for that. The Beastie Boys. Um, have you seen that clip by chance? Um, I I don't know. Oh no, it was intergalactic planetary. Um, that point where it's like let the beat drop, and <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I got to share that with you uh, offline. <laughs> you got to see that. It's 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 not. No offense to anybody, it's not as good as is Brody an alien just because, like I said, Brody is the epitome of of a meme. Like he's hysterical, but this is yeah. pretty good, and I, I like seeing that. And there's another clip of um, I think um, oh no, space now. He's a guy that like he jumps over, like he clears two balls, gets hit by one, and then like 30 minutes later, another ball comes out, and no one sticks him in the face. Um, oh, that's um, that was um, Miles Garner. I yeah, Miles Garner. Yep. Oh man, yeah. And just another shout out to, to him. Just a super nice guy. I I really like meeting him. Um, great guy. Yeah, and not to mention he's like he's putting together workout plans for people. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's like charging or if he's just doing it because he's uh, being awesome. But either way, like the fact that he's just doing that is is fantastic. Um, he seems like a really nice guy. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. Um, there's just so many people I didn't get to talk to at all. Um, and I was gonna say like. 
when I look back at open round robin, you, you're kind of saying like how you had like the first couple games of maybe not jitters, but you're just like that ain't that anxiousness, the anxiety of like, oh man, dodgeball is going to happen. And once once the whistles blew, though, it was like fast forward for me. It was like I it would just went game after game after rep after rep after game, and then it was just it was just so much to take in. Um, it's just like trying to process that still, but um, it just feels like it just went too fast. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Just o- open overall. Yeah, open o- o- overall. It was a it was a really fun day. I'm I'm glad that Mark broke it down in a in a way where we were going to play uh, the round r- robins on day one. The, elimination on day two and then switch it up um, on day three um, I really like the flow and uh, I didn't feel I didn't feel too tired yeah. um, but it was a long day that that first day was a very long day it definitely was um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and go into to co-ed a little bit um, just because I feel like the same not not to dismiss co-ed by any means but just you know it just there's a lot of dodgeball that happens so observations were kind of um this first person you're like i played against this person and this happened but um what were your thoughts on 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 co-ed yeah so we started the day against a team called i want to say their name was renegade let me just double check real quick and it was actually uh yeah it was renegades it was voodoo and they're all but voodoo had split into two teams and but they all still wore their voodoo jerseys so we played (laughs) renegades first and then voodoo second but both teams were wearing the voodoo trick jersey, so it was it was a little bit confusing when um, teams split up or they go play for someone else. Um, but if you wear the same jersey, it's you, you, you're trying to f- figure out who you're playing against, I guess. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little confusing too because like we played, I think you said Renegades. No, we played Voodoo, and then um, here we are playing against Renegades wearing the voodoo jersey. Like, didn't we just play you guys? Like. It really yeah. threw me off. Like, I think there was a moment you like even confused the refs. Like, but we played like this game already happened, so I, I totally get that was very confusing. So, Voodoo, if you guys are listening, don't do that again, please. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Making us question our sanity. Thing that stood out to me was retro. Um, I think David Tate's put together a really fun team. I think it was like Tad, Ashley, Mick, uh, Jordan, um, Krakowski. Yeah, that was just just a fun team. That was really fun to play against those guys, and they looked like they were having a blast. And that makes you have fun too when the team you're playing against is just having a great time. Yeah, um, retro looked good. Um, I might want one of their jerseys to be honest. Um, yeah, but yeah, like like you said, good group of guys. Um, and and I'm so glad you brought up Tad because that kid is hilarious to talk to. He, he's he's an awesome person. But um, quick segue. So I was I was asked by uh, Felix Peroni to ask Mark, would you rather face off against like I don't know, like a hundred ducks or like five duck-sized horses or something like that? And I chose yeah. ducks because at least I would die laughing hysterically because it'd just be hilarious seeing five ducks coming at me that are the size of horses. And I, and I told him I would air this too. He. Uh, because of reasons Tad got me to retract that, I would not want that to happen. It sounds like it would be a terrible experience for me, and I don't want it. And this is mostly just in case Tad's listening. So um, you changed my mind, dude. But um, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, uh, Retro is a good team to play against. Um, I, I think what I like the most about them, and where I got really sappy with my thank you Elite Dodgeball post, Spirit of Dodgeball is still there, was looking at people like Tad, and I cannot think of his name, but he was a taller blonde kid. Oh man, I can't think of it right now. 
it's going to come to me like after the fact, but just talking to him and Tad and just seeing their excitement and just seeing that they're having fun. No. Oh, um, was on, on retro. He was on retro. Um, I believe there's a kid on their name. Um, is it Jake Bubba Lester? No, it was, uh, it's not, it's not a normal name. Um, it's not a normal name. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm like adding two insults to this guy. Um, tall blonde kid, definitely young. Um, Man. Oh, Jackson. Jackson, yes. Um, I guess that's I a mean, normal, that's kind of a normal name. It's a last name, so <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was going. Yeah, talking to him uh, and Tad, and, and just seeing like they're happy to just be here. And like, no offense to to Retro at all. And I, I know Tate's kind of you know even made this comment like they weren't expecting to take number one, right? They were just there to have fun and and see as far how far they can get, and that was totally fine. Whereas you have, as Mark put it, this gross sense of entitlement where people are maybe taking this i don't want to say too seriously because you're supposed to you're supposed to take a national event seriously but they're letting it completely ruin like the the integrity of the game so understand that that's where the stakes are but you have a team like these guys and you have these younger kids that are just absorbing every moment of it um that was so refreshing for me to see because when people see or people say like oh this person's a future of dodgeball or that person's a future of dodgeball Sometimes they're not really pointing to like the best person that they could, maybe because they have some maturity to go through, or maybe they need to just kind of, you know, get some testosterone out or what have you. But these two kids, um, that's the future of dodgeball I want to see. Like they can contend. Uh, Tad is a phenomenal player and he's learning fast, but he's got such a good attitude. Um, so I want to see that happen more. So just huge shout out to Retro just to her, and David Taste for putting that together and, and having yeah. that fun element into it. Um, because yeah, if you're listening to this episode, you've, I'm, I want to say you probably listen to Marks, and you, you know it, it got it got real um, in certain areas. But um, any other co-ed teams that you noticed? I'm um, just kind of on a, on a um, high level. I think uh, I don't think I mentioned Rogue yet. Um, I'm not sure where they f- finished, but that was just a fun team to play against. Um, I know uh, I think there was a like Ben Tyler Page. Um, I think they picked up CJ Garcia. Um, just Rogue was just a fun team to play against. I, I really like them. Uh, as well um the only team i i saw in co-ed uh, there was a team called category five i want to say they're in the south they didn't seem like they were having too much fun um in the co-ed rounds um but at the end there were a couple of, of those but other than that i think everybody was just having a great time i mean that's why i play for zephyr um with on uh, it, it everyone on that team knows that sometimes we're going to throw the balls away sometimes we're going to get crazy um but we're here to have fun, and uh, that always makes my tourney when, when, when I get to play with them. Um, and win or lose, at the end of the game, I'm going to put on a big smile and go on to the next one. Nice. Yeah, I mean, and you guys tied for 17th, um, speaking of, of with Retro, and, and there's some good teams in here that um, can't contend. So, like, going into this approach, like, we're going to have fun, we're going to play, but we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to be okay with it. Like, that, that seemed to work out. I mean, if you're cool with being you know, middle of the pack, so to speak. Um, what else can you ask for? Um, I was upset with my team um, only because there were moments where we were just mowing through people. And it was in those moments, it was like, we could actually contend. We can get maybe top five if we continue to play this way. But then we'd go back and do completely dumb, silly things. Um, and so it was, it, was, it was hit or miss for me. I, overall, I really enjoyed it. I loved playing with Chad. It was really fun playing with Brandon. 
and you know I, I enjoy playing with uh, Joe Fernandez as well and um, but, but the, man there's just someone's like oh my god if we just like tighten up we could probably win but um, yeah it was co-ed was where I had I think the most fun um, yeah. actually I, I like playing with Grit too They're, they were fun as well so I'm like 55-45 Grit co-ed but um, <laughs> I want to say one thing uh, I apparently you can spike a ball in dodgeball um I don't know who you're playing against, but me and Joe were, were lining up to throw and somebody cross courts, Joe hits him and like this, this ball pops up and I have this horrible, horrible instinct to just like reach up and, you know, like baseball style catch a ball or maybe football. Like you just go out of the zone. You're not supposed to, and you're supposed to, you can't reach. So I do that all the time still to this day. So I jump up and I reach for it and I like try to palm the ball and sometimes I can do that if it's coming at the right angle and the right speed so I try to do that and I almost get it but I flinch because I'm now I'm realizing delayed like you shouldn't be doing this man like why why are you why are you doing that and so I ended up like just throwing the ball down and so to the naked eye all it looks like is I just jump up to throw a ball on the ground and then I realize hey guess what you're out (laughs) so and uh a few people saw that um they had some choice words for me as i was walking out um i think my favorite though was kenny cox saying uh just go home steve <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're, you're done yeah and uh i couldn't i couldn't agree more i was like i think i broke um i can't recover from this i don't know what i did this but you know it was that was probably like my highlight of, of co-ed um did you have any highlight moments uh from yourself or from your yeah, team so i had shared a clip um that night after elimination uh we actually got put down in the losers bracket by um boosh but to end the first game against them i think we went two and one um i had a i had a simultaneous catch it wasn't a double catch but um against uh tanya and i want to say derek derek threw at me i caught and then tanya's ball was following it so i just kind of took my right arm stuck it out and had a second catch. nice so that was one of my favorite plays uh, of the weekend yeah so I, I have like a maybe an unpopular opinion a little bit of a bias when it comes to double catching because there there are double catches that happen I think the majority are just good placement like you just so happen to close your hands in and boom instead of one ball you now have two and I don't want to take away from the mental aspect that has to happen for you to make that catch actually occur so like like oh I meant to catch one here's another ball I need to secure that and maintain control of my body so like even if it's an accidental double catch there's still some skill involved right but yeah for the most part you know I consider myself a catcher um I've actually only had one other double catch in my career I was playing in WeHo a couple seasons ago and it was just if two people can throw at the exact same time in the exact same place you just kind of wrap your arms around it um, and, and yeah, I don't think there's as much skill in that as there is. Yes. Um, I think Brenda Kramer had a, uh, double catch where it was like one was going one way, one was going the other and she caught a book that skill. Um, yeah. Joe Coella, I want to say in West Ra- or no, at, well, maybe it was Sin City or Sin West City. last year <laughs> had a really great double catch where he had two arms going two different ways. I think that skill. Um, my, my thing is I always focus on that first ball and then the second one typically hits me because I'm not going to try to catch them both. I'm going to try to catch at least one and the second one's going to get me, me out. So it's pretty rare for me to get a double catch, um, because I got to get at least one. Well, I was going to say like to be able to secure that one ball and then see another one coming in and secure that with another limb with then, you know, one second tops. Like, I feel like that should almost count as a double catch. Cause I feel like that requires, a lot of skill and and awareness and just the 
I don't know the, the confidence and decision to know you can rope this one in with a single limb. That's awesome. It's funny you mentioned Brenda because uh, I was just talking to her about um, potentially recapping the um, the bells of the ball, and um, I had just seen, ironically enough, her double catch clip as well. So I was like, oh, cool! I get to talk to this Brenda. This is great. That was definitely looking deliberate, and like like you said, you know, two separate areas, two separate balls um, that are being secured. Like that's a double catch for me. Um, Joe Coella with his double catch in Sin City. I think people were debating if that was. Uh, intentional or not and you know after re- reviewing the footage late one night with nothing better to do is like yes that was a double catch for me anyway yeah but um yeah i mean i i think chris de jesus had a really good one where he like secured them both and just kind of let himself fall out of bounds and realize he's still in because of momentum so i mean they're they're happening way more frequently than freak occurrences if that makes sense yep. at least in my opinion um i think like you said i mean I don't want to get too into the weeds with like the actual matches because um, if people want to watch the footage is out there we all know you know Echo took first um, which is super impressive um, going up against Doom um, looking at the the standings though Havoc um, Havoc and Force uh, I really enjoyed watching Force so I, I finally checked in or tuned into Coeds uh, one, once Force was making their way up was there any team that you noticed that was like just doing really well at least on like the top five or six level like once we got closer to finals that you were able to watch or were you preoccupied yeah i agree with both of those the havoc and force it was really not nice to see Havoc put together a good run um you know been watching them in the west for a long time they've got some good girls on, on, on that team um so it was really great to see them um force too i mean they've just got like an all-star team so that was really cool to see them uh play well um but yeah did you uh who was Doom playing against? Doom was playing a couple rounds and they Oh man, what's her name? Tracy what's her last name? Oh, and Tracy caught one in the face? Yes. That one. Um I wanna say that might have been was that at Echo? I, was it Ketchum? I wanna say They gave her the black eye even? Like yeah, I, I think was she just got a point blank catch right, right on the face, and that was impressive. That was Jesus. That, so I mean, I've I've known Tracy for a lot. I'm not saying we're, like, we're homies or anything, but I, I know who Tracy is. I know that she is not somebody that you throw to or Sarah. Like I, I've had so many horrible experiences where you know Team Evil's playing against Doom, and we have a chance, and then we throw you know our dumb you know no offense mason but we just have like guy throw that ball that he's not supposed to and we're like no don't do it and we just watch in slow motion as tracy or sarah mop it up and then we lose and then it's over and so it was so cool seeing tracy still bring that to the table um I, you know it could have been anarchy i think doom beat anarchy to go there could have been like billy or somebody it was somebody that was really freaking hard whoever it was um but yeah like i is it was has Tracy been playing in the previous rounds? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's been Tracy, Brianna, and uh, the last girl, Sarah. Is that her name? Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, I think they've been at almost all of the rounds. I want to say. Okay, maybe I just maybe memory's not serving me correctly. I remember like Tracy. I think she took a break, maybe or I don't know, but yeah, it was it was just good seeing that happen. Um, and, my God, like that was a catch that just I think that stopped the the entire gym for a second. Um, yeah. then, then I think she I don't know if she did it again or if she took another face shot 
yeah, she had a couple catches. It was, uh, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, it must have been, uh, maybe it was Billy. I'm sure somebody will hopefully correct us if, yeah. if, if we're wrong. I don't, uh, I'm looking at the brackets. I don't think, I don't think Echo played Doom until the finals. So somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but um, either way, that catch was insanely impressive. And, and then that face shot was gnarly, but she just took it like a champ. Um, we talked about Force. Let me see if there's any other Koa teams that stood out for me. I think, um, I mean, conversations can be had about any team. Um, bias for me, Alliance. I, 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 w I felt like they had a pretty good run. And talking to some of the the players, because I, you know, I know them, they were really happy with how they how they played and how they turned out. And a lot of players um, were happy to see them still showing up and and uh, representing Arizona, which is you know they're they're a fun group of people to play against. But um, any others that we might be overlooking that you noticed, or shall we move on to uh, those things? The, the list here, I feel like everyone finished in around where I would have would have thought. Yeah. Um, again, congratulations to Echo. You guys are monsters, but I was really more impressed with Force. I love watching them. They were fun. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and go into uh, to No Sting. Um, I am bummed because uh, I'm not going to blame the schedule change too much. It was just more just not being able to adapt to my end. So I wasn't able to play because of uh, of that. So I sat out sat out the entire um, event, but also it worked out just because my my body was wrecked. But um, did you did you play no sting? Yeah, I played in no sting, and uh, one of the things that I didn't anticipate was ha having played in coed and open 8.5 um, for two two days. I didn't realize the the toll it was going to take on my body, but also like a mental game too. I, I I'm play no sting here in LA. I mean, at one point I was playing five nights a week, um, and that's a ball that I'm very good with. Um, but man, I was having a hard time catching. I was just so used to catching the 8.5 that when we went to no sting, you really had to change up your style. So um, I didn't anticipate that being so playing something for two days and then switching it up and how different it would feel. Um, so I really, it took me a while to dial in my throw. It took me a while to di dial in the catches. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, interesting to, to play one style and then jump to, to another. You gotta, you gotta transition. Yeah. The only, I can only relate to uh, Sin City, like transitioning from nose thing to rubber. It's like, everything gets slower but harder or, or i don't know like for me it's just like oh man i have to like learn how to play dodgeball again in, within like you know a couple of games time frame but after a couple of days of 8.5 um you feel like that that's kind of what i don't want to say like hindered you but that was kind of hard for you to, to adapt to at first yeah you know like since city you're just overall tired um <laughs> yeah. but for this i thought and i almost thought it's 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 easier to switch from from a no sting to an 8.5 because the 8.5, you know, is a heavier ball. You've got to get that grip on there. Um, so switching down to a nose thing, I, I thought was a little bit harder uh, for me, especially um, uh, as a catcher. How about how about the arm? Um, did that take a toll on your arm? You know, I feel like I've been playing. I, I've been playing for now about five years, um, and I feel like 
I know how to throw each one, um, whether it's foam or nosing. And yeah, I, I don't have too many arm problems. I wear compression sleeve. Um, and yeah, my, my arm feels fine. Gotcha. Yeah, I was, I was curious too, because like, you know, you said it, some fitness guy can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but it would make sense to start from something light to go to something heavier versus the reverse and then go to pinch for some of those, those crazies. But um, yeah, I was just curious like what that transition was, but I guess if you're stretching out and taking the proper precautions and wearing the uh, the right equipment, you should be fine. But um, going into no sting, um, again, high level stuff, uh, what, what teams uh, stood out from you that you were able to either observe or play against? So let's see here. We played against um, well overall. So I played with Riot for um, for No Sting, and we had a rough start. We had a rough start. It was it was certainly um, we lost a lot of games in in round robin, and I think just the mental toll of going for two two days, you're staying out really late at night, um, you know, having some drinks, and then waking up super early. I think. Uh, I think everyone was just kind of in a bad mood. Um, it was very uncharacteristic. Uh, I think um, there was a lot of pointing, a lot of arguing with the refs, um, especially on our side, which 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 is very uncharacteristic uh, uh, of us. So to be honest, I, I was a little bit embarrassed about how um, some of the teams we played against. Now, I will say the refing wasn't the best, but regardless if the refing isn't good, you should never try to argue or yell or point, um, you know, you just take it in stride and say, okay, hey guys, it's a game. We, we, we lost. Let's go on to the, 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 the next one. But I think after listening to Mark's podcast, um, just, I think it just goes to show that, oh, as the weekend goes on, you know, everyone's getting a little testy and I would no doubt by pinch, everybody's kind of mad and, and, um, grumpy. So, uh, I don't know if there's something to be done there, if we can change that, but or just be aware of it. If we're all aware of it, we, we can all just try to put put on our best uh, our best smile and and say, hey, it's just a game. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest one is is awareness. Um, well, like like you put any body of people together. I mean, th- there's like cycles. Like they start off, yeah, we're getting to know each other. Then yeah, we really like each other. This is awesome. Then they hate each other. And it's just like so bad. Usually after that, though, it, it brings people closer. Um, but you can't really do that within the course of, of three days, especially when, as you said, like, you know, we're, some people are partying, there's alcohol in the system. <clears throat> You're playing a game where the, the, where the point is to hit somebody with a projectile, and then you throw in pinch, and that, that I mean, like, put some sauce in that, in that projectile. So maybe that, that's kind of what um, started escalating the situation or, or started... Um, like, like I can't think of the word right now, but like started, um, you know, like when the, when the forest is about to burn because like the, there's tinder, is that the word? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably gonna edit that part out, <laughs> but like maybe there's, um, it just set the stage for, for some of the, the blowups and the meltdowns. And like you said, like, yeah, the refing may not have been on par, but like stuff to just kind of agitate it a little bit more. I'm not sure what the situation is, but, but going back to awareness though, like I feel like for me anyway, um, that's where it definitely needs to start. So like, I had a fantastic experience. I had like maybe one quasi negative refing experience, which which I m- mentioned to uh to with Mark, but that wasn't even directed at me. That was just me rethinking. You know, did I miss a call because this this team is about to go at it with each other? Um, that's all I saw. You know, there was no 
there wasn't anybody yelling in my face. There wasn't anything that detoured my experience. So it was like 99% positive for me um, for many reasons too. And so I'm like, man, this was great. Thank you so much, Mark, Vance, Glenn, all you guys for doing this. It's amazing. And then I talked to Mark and I'm like, holy crap, like it is a difference of night and day when it comes to what I saw and what I experienced versus what he did. And, um, you know, for me, I just know to try to be better next time, maybe pick up some more trash or maybe, um, you know, not like we have this problem with grit, but if everybody was ever to mouth off to a ref, just pull that guy aside and be like, hey, stop it, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a rule that, that I have for all the teams that I play on is, is we're all going to be, um, we're all going to have, we're all going to carry ourselves uh, with a good attitude and we're not going to yell at each other. We're not going to, um, uh, cause a rift because if you come back after every single game, let's say you just had a loss and you start saying, why'd you throw that? Or why'd you do that? I, I, I just think that makes the whole day just not fun. Um, so it starts internally like, Hey, we're a team, let's have fun. And then you got to show that to the teams you're playing against and Hey, we're a fun team. We're not here to, you know, talk crap. Let's just play dodgeball. Yeah. I, some teams can, can have that attitude. Um, it's gonna be a balance like talking to, to Pion on doom i feel like they found that balance like this is a team that works really hard but at the end of the day they're, they're there to have fun and again i might be corrected if i'm wrong but um i feel like you can have both like you can have that positive attitude you can show up but you can also put the work in and and you know dominate other teams you just have to i don't know you have to have trust in each other or you have to have rules like you said we're, we're not going to mouth off we're not going to be those we're not going to be that guy yeah but um yeah um I hope a lot of positivity comes from positivity comes from that 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 talk with Mark. Um, I hope it. I mean, like like for me, it woke up, woke up my, it opened my eyes. I hope it does the same for other people. But um, yeah, that was that was a doozy. But let's uh, let's move on though. Were there any other teams or players that you noticed? Um, so the teams the we played against in um, in Nosting, I thought uh, Outsiders, of course, played great. Um, Aftershock. Showtime played really well uh, in No Sting, so I like seeing them. Uh, they're, they're a West team. Um, Brick Squad, of course, played great in No Sting. And I'll then, say. Uh, Riot didn't actually start to play well in No Sting until we got to the uh, until we got to the elimination brackets, and then we uh, had a really great game against Doom. They beat us, but we had a great game against them. And then we actually beat the Lone Star Syndicate, who I think were ranked higher than than us. Um, so beating them was uh, felt good to have such a crappy round robin and then and then beat a team that was ranked, ranked above us. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm looking at this bracket, and you know, it looks like Team Awesome had a pretty good run as well. Um, I know that. Uh, I think it was Drew that said he wanted to just get over this very forgettable year. Or he made some kind of comment where it's like, yeah, they're they're not having the greatest of times. So hopefully they're able to kind of get some motivation after after how they showed up. Um, Looks like retro went pretty far too. Um, speaking of retro, yeah, I mean, if you look at the top, let's see here, top twelve teams, there, it's not a lot of surprises. Uh, you know, Echo Fury, Brick, Brick Squad, Doom. You've got a lot of good teams in there. You know, retro finishing in the top seven there. That's pretty good um, for them. I, I think that's that's great. There's a team called Pain, um, and I want to say that was the team that was also from from um, the Twin Cities. Okay. as well I, I, I want to say um, so that was that was cool to see them uh, do well Space Cadets finish in there and that's in with, with, within the top nine um, in no sting that's that's good for them I still can't get over pain that's 
that's hilarious. Um, Shade, I love that team. Shade, oh man, yeah, Every, everybody on Shade is great. That that's a fun team. That's that's fun. You, you know, I'd actually they're in uh they're they're a co-ed team now, but man, I'd I'd love to see the guys on the on that team gra- grab a couple more or shoot the, the girls and come over and play play open. Um, I think I think they uh are very ca- are very capable. Yeah, they um. Well, I mean, we had two of them. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we've, we've got uh, for grit. We've got David O'Brien, who I'm. I mean, that guy's solid. Um, he's got a great arm, really cool to to play with. And then we had um, Alex um, Chad, Chad, Chad. Do you know how to say his last name by chance? Alex. Ch- oh, Claude. Claude. Yeah, oh my Alex gosh. Claude. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Alex Claude. So we had him on our team. So like we had, you know, we had a little bit a taste of of what that team could be. Um, should Shade ever go uh, go open? Yeah, Alex Claude is great. So is David. Yeah, they they are they are great players. Alex Claude, that guy cracks me up. It gives me every reason to look forward to May for that Justin Timberlake um, meme. Nice. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, I mean, looking at you know the standings, I mean, congrats to Echo um, going from eight point five um, championship to no sting championship is pretty awesome feat. Um, so good job there, and then. Um, you know, Fury, wow, for taking taking second. Um I mean that's that's also a pretty scary team. But um kinda like you said, like the the teams I would expect to finish where they did is, is where I'm looking at more or less. I'm just trying to see if there was like a match that I had that I, I liked the most or had the most fun in. Yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was on the flight home for that Echo versus Fury. Um but yeah, Fury's definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, and yeah, going back to Team Awesome, taking third, that's, again, hopefully that, that kind of turns the tide for them. But I'm, I'm really happy seeing Outsiders in fifth just because, again, trying to get the South on the map. I mean, I, I feel like they've they've done it. So definitely looking forward to seeing them next year. Um, I think that I'm good as far as uh, Nosting goes, but was, were there any other... Um, comments or shout outs that you wanted to, to throw out there overall just kind of kind of bring this to to an end to recap everything yeah. well there was a funny story on on the way back uh to the hotel after the first uh let's see is that the first night or uh, you know after the second night um we had just gone out to that bar and i forget what its name was we did all the awards right with mark and everybody right and uh, we were walking back, uh, Cliff, Cliff and myself, we uh, shared a room, and some guys were leaving, some young guys, and, and we were getting back, I don't know, like one or something, and they were, they were, they were, they were leaving. We're like, where are you guys going? We got to play tomorrow. And they said, oh, it's only no sting. Um, so they must have been, uh, they must have been uh, pinch guys. Oh, I see. Um, so when we were, when we were leaving, uh, the next day, uh, we had just played no sting. We were le- leaving, and some p- people were just getting to the gym uh, to play pinch. And those guys, I think, so- saw us and said, "Hey, where are you guys going? We're about to play some pinch." And and it was really a vin- vin- vindicating, um, vindicating a word. Um, yeah. To, to say to say back to them, "Hey, man, it's only pinch. Like, who who, who cares?" Man. Um, Ouch. <laughs> so that was nice. I felt vindicated. Um, you know, I 
pinch is starting to change my mind a little bit. Um, you know, I didn't grow up playing pinch. I've, I've only played pinch, I think, once in my life. I flew up to Seattle for a tournament once. Um, well, and the tournament was an open tournament, but they, they play pinch just in their rec in, um, in their open gyms. Um, that's the only time I, I've played. I mean, I've got pretty big hands, so I don't feel like, I don't know, I feel like you've either grew up playing pinch or maybe have smaller hands and you, you, that's the way you can really grip up an 8.5. Um, but I have no desire to play to play pinch. Yeah. And I can't see why it would stay around if, if people get hurt playing it, people, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I don't get it. Yeah, it's, I mean, without dating myself, when we started, pinching was allowed because we didn't know to make it not allowed. So I definitely was able to, to pinch pretty well back in the day. The NDL said, no, you can't alter the ball. It's a, To them, it's cheating. So we stopped. And I never looked back since then because I agree. I feel like you should not have to alter the ball in order to throw it a certain way. But I will say for those guys that can hang with pinch and can throw 80 mile per hour freaking crazy curve dip types of balls and are into that kind of stuff then all the more power to you um it is definitely more than just oh i'm mishandling the ball so i can throw faster like there is a skill set to that that is required and seeing some of these teams play at the highest level is um it's impressive but not for me so i'll just i'll just leave it at that um, yeah, you know, and and the people with the with the, the bigger hands and and can have a really strong grip, you know, can still get a slight curve on, on that ball with just doing the clamp throw. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll stay around uh, for forever. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, I know it's like NCDA's biggest thing, and what I really love is that NCDA is feeding uh, people into Elite. So if pinch is like the the concession to make that happen, cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a controversial subject. Um, I won't say it's touchy, but I can definitely get into it for, for quite a bit on it. But uh, we'll just leave it at that. So um well, cool, man. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for for you know hopping on and and taking these notes. And um, when Mark told me that you 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 know you kind of you print out the schedules, you tell everybody where to go. I really started realizing like, oh man, this is definitely somebody I want to recap with versus just a quick two minute like, hey, how are you feeling about today? Okay, what's going on? And then leave it at that. So I think you really helped bring another element to this recap process in this series. So I really appreciate it, man. And thank you for again being for being patient with me and. And even going from comment to commentator, so to speak. So I appreciate your time very much. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Awesome. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for hopping on. That was definitely going to be, I would say, like the meat and potatoes of the uh, of this version of the recap. Um, I really appreciated you taking the time to list down your thoughts and write down teams and players and certain elements that, that took place. And I really agree with what you said where, you know, if you want to watch like the the um the actual games uh it's available so um i hope people appreciated that style but now we're going to go ahead and move on to women's all right so for this segment i have uh amanda ashley and emily hots here to join me and talk about women's division um amanda welcome back thank you so much for hopping on and, and being so willing to, to do this consistently i appreciate it but 
just for the sake of repetition, go ahead and um, introduce yourself, uh, your team, and the role you had. Uh, my name is Amanda Natalie. I um, played in the past with Davis Dodgeball and in years past for women's um, Davis Dodgeball, and then it became 007. But this year, we founded the Team KO Dodgeball, um, but I wasn't able to play because of my ACL reconstruction. However, um, getting close to the to the moment where I'm getting cleared to be back on the court, so should be back next season. So close. Um, <laughs> yeah. I so bad I saw that you weren't wearing a knee brace when I interviewed you and Frankie. I was like, oh, so you're playing now. I'm like, no, still out of it. I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. So I have the knee brace, but my PT and I are pretty on board with if I need a knee brace, I'm not ready to play. So I'll probably wear it in the first couple of months when I get back on the court. But if my knee doesn't feel ready to be to play without it, I'm not ready to play. Yeah, I mean, still got to do it the correct way and let it heal. That way you don't make it worse. So that's, that's hard, but probably the best thing for you to do. Yeah. Um, and how about you, Emily? Um, my name is Emily Hotz. Um, same teams as Amanda. We've really consistently played together our dodgeball, my dodgeball career at least. Um, and this past year I was uh, the captain of KO. And how long, you, how long have you been playing dodgeball? Um, for me, I believe this is like six and a half years now. Okay, cool. And then, so, correct me if I'm wrong, KO wasn't part of a Nationals, right? You were playing for a different team? Correct. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> we were plagued by people having busy schedules and unfortunate bout of injuries this season, um, and we just did not have enough people to commit for a full team for KO, so we just happened to reach out to Kelly on Beavers um, and they actually needed two people. So um, Kate Karens and I played uh, with Beavers at Nationals, which was a ton of fun. Awesome. Okay. So that's how it happened. Cause I remember seeing, you know, I've been from the West and all, I'm fairly familiar with Beavers. So when I saw, um, I think it was like three new faces, like who are these people? Um, <laughs> that's <they're>, us. <laughs> it's all coming together now. Um, well, well, that's good. At least you got to, to play on a, on a pretty good team. And I'm just like looking at uh, the standings, and it looks like they tied for seventh. So definitely a, a good finish there. But um, let's just go ahead and go into just like a high level. Like how did the division go overall? And we'll go back to you, Amanda. Um, just some of your like high-level thoughts. Um, granted, again, that was just like two and a half weeks ago. But uh, what, what were your biggest takeaways? Um, I think the thing that, didn't really surprise me was the way it fell with the top, what, six spots, seven spots being um, the West Coast teams. They have so much talent out there. Um, it was a little disappointing to not be able to bring KL out and be able to see what they, what we, the team could do against them um, because in years past we haven't done as well necessarily in, um, in bracket play. I don't know if we've even faced them sometimes, but it's always fun to play against them, kind of see how we, how our style play style varies against theirs. Um, but I guess Anarchy fell in a, the t a tie for the top seven. Um, honestly, I was expecting them to do a little bit better than that. So I think they had a disappointing finish in their eyes. Um, and it wasn't exactly what I was expecting from the e them either. I didn't really get a chance to see them play. It, um, 
from what I understand, I think Michelle Radley said she kind of fell off. She didn't feel like she was having her best, her best day. So that might've played a part in it. She's a big part of that team. Um, who knows? But yeah, not really surprised to see, you know, invasion money shot and pop that in the top three. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 I've made the comment quite a few times already and it's, we don't want to dismiss them for their talent, but it's like you said, it, it's no surprise because you look at those lineups and you realize, or you also notice the fact that they've been playing for a very long time. Do you feel like um, East is, is slowly um, catching up with that? Like with, with the inclusion of new teams, new players, um, like it's uh, when we start seeing more parodies, as Frankie would say. See more what? Is it, is parody what he says? Like when, when, Oh yes. Um, I think we're working. I think the West does a lot to help grow the women's division and the women's talent. I know they have their own women's leagues outside of, um, outside of elite. And that's not something that I know that the East coast has been able to, to replicate yet. Um, we have a pretty large, uh, women's base here in Boston, but even with that, we aren't, we haven't, yet fit, formed like a or fielded a true Boston team you know it's always been with Meg Fricker from from Pennsylvania and Nicole uh, Napoli from Philadelphia so um, I think it's hard to it's hard to maybe get to the level of the the West Coast women when I mean we get to play against the men so I guess not but still to be able to you know consistently play with the same people and get to kind of know their strengths and their weaknesses. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's, that's what makes or breaks a team. Like you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have that synergy or that, that familiarity of playing with that person over and over and over and over, over again, you know, that that's going to cost you um, when it comes to playing against teams that, that do have that. Um, how about you, Emily? How is, how would you say the division went overall? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the things that Amanda said. Definitely not surprised to see those top three teams up there. Um, two teams I was definitely interested in seeing how they were doing, Love Tap and Witness. There was just so many rumors going around about, um, you know, how awesome they were and they, they were these powerhouse teams. And I think a lot of the time when you see the same people, the same teams up there in the top few spots, everyone's rooting for the underdog. Everyone's like, oh, who's gonna, you know, come out of nowhere or, um, you know, who's going to take that top spot if you weren't necessarily expecting it. So I, I was really interested to see how they did and just, I guess, didn't have quite enough. Those top teams just have so much experience up there. Yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of bummed. Um, love tapped and love tapped and take it all. Uh, I've got to know, um, gotten to know Crystal really well and really like what they were bringing to the, to, to the West coast, I guess, for lack of better words. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that Invasion and Money Shot do so well, but then, you, like you said, you kind of want to see like a new new team, new faces uh, come in and, and do well. Um, were there any other teams that you were kind of hoping to, to, I don't want to say do well because that sounds terrible, but any other teams I guess you had your eyes on aside from Beavers? Yeah, um, well, definitely Beavers since I was playing with them, which <laughs> was kind of fun. But um, Amanda also mentioned Anarchy, but, you know, Ashley Cook is such a strong player. And, you know, she won the women's showdown. She showed, she, you know, shows us all what she has when she plays. She's just really at home on the court. She moves around with ease. It's pretty awesome to watch her 
you know, do her work on the dodgeball court and um, having them win the East Coast, especially against us, KO, um, all season, I was really hoping that they would go in there and give everyone a run for their money, just kind of in the spirit of the East. Um, but maybe, maybe next year's East Coast top team will be even stronger than that. Who knows? Definitely. Um, and that's what's kind of asking Amanda is like, do you think it's only just a matter of time before we start seeing, you know, different team names or different regions uh, in the top three, top four? And um, Ashley Cook, I don't think I've ever heard of her before. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought. You <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm really gullible. <laughs> Let's go back to, I guess, some of the teams now. Um, we kind of talked about some of the West Coast teams. Um, I kind of want to ask you, Amanda, were there any teams that stood out to you the most that, you know, from all the recaps that we've done to just seeing everybody, all regions included, were there, were there any teams that stood out to you where you're just like, wow, dude, these guys are great or impressed you or you just wanted to, like, notice or remember? From the East Coast or just in general? Just in general. Um, I think the team that stood out to me the most just at nationals was Fuego. Um, they, I believe got knocked into the, to the losers bracket pretty early on. Um, which for most teams is, is a quick way to get out. You know, you're at, you knocked in first round, second round and the wind's kind of knocked out of you and you, it's hard to come back from that, but they just kept rolling over teams. And I feel like it wasn't even, I, I don't think it was like, maybe rolling over is the, the wrong word. I think they were taking them to three games every time and it was close plays, but they just kept making like clutch play after clutch play. Um, so it was really exciting to see them continue to, uh, to figure things out on the court, uh, especially in such a, a big venue. It's funny you mentioned that because I, so I, I did a, a quick um, bells of the ball precap with, uh, with Brenda Kramer from Money Shot. Mm-hmm. Similar thing. She, uh, they got knocked out right away, and she had, she'd mentioned that same type of like, you know, it takes the wind from your sails. It, it, sometimes it's really hard to uh, to rebound from being knocked out right away. And it looks like both Money Shot, Wobson Money Shot, made it all the way to the finals. But Fuego must have done the same thing, where they they collected themselves and um, you know made it as, as far as what I think fourth place. Yeah. So. That, that's incredible to be able to rebound like that and not let that initial, I don't want to say sucker punch, but you know, like that, that feeling of how did this happen um, to turn that around is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to know uh, Venom, the team I was kind of like looking out for knocked them out. So did you have a chance to watch any of Venom's games? Um, I did and was not surprised to see um, that Ashley Guevara was again, like leading the pack. Um, I think teams figured out pretty early on that they needed to get her out. Um, but she is, <laughs> she's really squirrely. Like she gets down really small and she dodges well and she blocks well. So it's not an easy feat. Um, but yeah, she continued to play really well. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, I was kind of alluding to, to her just because I've, I've known her when she first started playing here in Arizona and um, only because I think she'll give me crap for this, but it's, it's Guevara now. Like I, I think I finally forgot how to pronounce her name the right way. <laughs> Mentioned like, yes, I'm listening, Ashley. I think I got it right. If not, go ahead and correct me. But um, squirrely is a good way to uh, describe how she plays. Um, 
the, the reason why she st stood out the most to me in the past was because um, she's very offensive. Like she, she would be at the line trying to take command of the team. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. She like, she was, she just had no fear. So that's kind of why she's always like my lookout for. Um, in addition to Venom though, um, any other teams that you might've noticed, Amanda? Um, I tended to kind of watch, hang out, you know, with the Beavers. Um, so watched a lot of the games that they played. Um, I don't think though. Yeah. I think Fuego really stood out to me. Um, like you said, Money Shot also got knocked down into the loser's bracket pretty early, so to watch them make that come back all the way to the championship match was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I'd say those those two teams stuck out out the most. And uh, how about you, Emily? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Venom um, is a team that we definitely fought against in the East Coast while we were doing our regional tournaments. They're a really strong team. Ashley is a force to be reckoned with. And in the informal statistics that were collected from all of the games, Ashley had the most amount of kills out of any women player at all in the round robin. So that's pretty amazing wow. to me. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and from Money Shot, Money Shot definitely also um, stood out. You know, they won last year, the women's division, right? So... Definitely ones that I was keeping my eye on. And Brianna London and uh, Brenda Kramer both love watching them play as well. Um, one team that, let me see how they ended up doing. Um, they actually tied uh, with Venom and Precision and Ride or Die. It was Weapons of Mass Destruction. Um, and they definitely surprised me when we played them. Jen Woodley is on their team. And... We were all just like, oh my gosh, we have to get her out. We have to get her out. Like, she is just dominating on the court. Um, so that was one team that I didn't expect, um, but definitely surprised me. Awesome. And that's, that's a shout-out to the South, right? I'm pretty sure it's the South team. Mm -hmm. Yes, yep. Very cool. Yeah, I think um, that's awesome because I'm looking at the standings and uh, even though it's a different amount of teams, um, they seem like they're almost in line with, with outsiders. Another team from the South that was really trying to put that region on, on the map. So it's awesome seeing that. Um, did any of you guys had a chance to play against the box cats by any chance or see them? Mm. I did not see them play. That was another team that I was looking out for just because uh, they're primarily from Arizona and they have um, Grace and uh, Jasmine Bentley who are like, she's like the funniest person to watch by dodgeball. So I wanted <laughs> Jasmine is wonderful. She's the best. Yeah, so you know who she is. Like, just there's like there's only a few people in the world where I can just like look at and I'll just have a goofy smile on my face because I'm about to laugh at anything they're doing. She's one of those people that she's just she's hilarious. Um, let's see. Um, ask about. I wanted to ask about. Um, Actually, let me back up a little bit. So, Emily, um, what, what was it like playing with some some West Coast players? Um, you, know, you got the only person I can remember right now off the top of my head is Kelly, who's you know she's been around for a very long time. I would say she's like legendary status. Um, what was it like playing with them, or have you have you had a chance to do that previously? Um, I had not played with them previously, but I played in the LA Women's Classics this year for the first time, um, and I got to know a few of them a little bit, which 
the women's classics is an insane tournament that is all three ball types and it's just it's run to the T. All the games are timed. It's recorded over the announce uh, the speaker. So you know exactly when the game is ending, how many seconds you have to get to the next court. It's, it's really cool. Um, but playing with them, Kate and I have played together for a very long time and integrating onto another team that's played together for a very long time. I think it took us a little while to get our groove and kind of see, okay, what are the positions on the court that we're all comfortable playing? Um, Ania was an amazing right corner, which is typically, or sorry, left corner, which is typically where I play. Um, but she was doing so incredibly well. I was like, girl, you stay over there. You do your thing. Um, checking out the stats. She also made the top player. She was top third for top throwers in the women's round robin, which is pretty awesome as well. So I had a ton of fun playing with them. They're high spirited. We did well. Um, and, you know, we did the best we could with not having played together before. Yeah, I'll say to, uh, to replace, was it two players or three? From, from our team or their team? Uh, for, for their team. So it was four, four beavers and two from KO. Gotcha. Yeah, so even two players is, is enough of a change to you know, alter the dynamic from the team for better or for worse, and it sounds like it worked out really well for you guys. Um, placing seventh is, is definitely no small feat. Um, what did you notice, Amanda, just from watching the beavers play? Any, like, amazing takeaways or? Um, obviously, I knew that Kate and, and Emily weren't, normally a part of that team, but I felt like they, they found their groove pretty quickly. It took them a couple rounds of round robin, but by the time I got over there, um, you know, mid afternoon, they had definitely figured it out. Um, and they were able to kind of continue that groove, um, on day two, bring it into round robin and, um, played really well together when they needed to, um, and just had some unfortunate breaks that then kind of go their way. So, um, but overall, I don't think anyone who would walk onto that would walk onto the court to watch them would have known that these two girls had just hopped onto the team last minute and they didn't normally play with the rest of the team. For sure, yeah. Like I was saying, like when I when I noticed different faces, like it wasn't even um, it was it, like it felt like they belonged, for lack of a better yeah. word. It was yeah. just like, who are these people? Like, are they new again? Are they from LA that I just missed out on? But um, yeah, it's, it's really awesome. Um, well, speaking of players, um, I'll stay, stay with you on this one, Amanda. Were there any just plays or players that stood out as well? Like, I know I'm busting now with the uh, statue, which is awesome, but what, what did you know, notice? Just all oh, man, I haven't even looked at the stats. Um, it's probably going to sound pretty obvious, um, but Brenda Kramer was crushing it for, um, for Money Shot. It's awesome to watch her play because when she makes a big play or when someone on her team makes a big play, she just gets so hyped. It is, even if she didn't make it, she gets so excited and it's awesome to watch her play. Um, Katie Sanchez obviously earned the MVP for a reason. She was phenomenal to watch making catches, making outs. Um, I think the person that stood out to me that I didn't really know before the tournament that was um, huge, there was a couple of them on Fuego. So um, Ryan Johnson, 
I, I think based off of her court presence was the captain and she seemed to be doing a great job of it. Um, I think she was a big reason they made it as far as they did. She, it seemed like was making the play calls and was making the right ones. Um, and then I think uh, I'm probably going to mess this up. Emmy Zappa was playing with them and was playing really well. And there's another girl I don't know off the top of my head, but there was so many, so many women on Fuego that just were like all, all day long. were just continuing to like impress me every time I watched them play. It's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Brenda because we were talking about. I mean, her double catch just became. I won't say it became public, but like I guess footage is coming out of these gifts and, and clips and double catch is sick looking. Um, and then watching the team react to that was was also just as exciting. Yeah. Um. Let's see, what about you, Emily? What, what did you notice uh, player wise, just all across um, all teams? Um. Other than the ones we have already mentioned. Um. Whenever I see Rachel Rodea or Rodia, however you pronounce her name, um, play, I just I really appreciate her court awareness. She's she's playing aggressively, but also defensively. She's getting outs um, on the counter. She's sniping people when they're not paying attention. Um, so she's somebody who definitely stood out for me. I thought I thought was maybe in the running for MVP, but Katie Sanchez also played awesome. Really kind of took that home. Um, and then Rolina also, I think, played really well, and she got me with a face shot at one point, and so that definitely stuck with me um, for a little while there. But um, all of those players played played really well. Yeah, Katie Sanchez is uh, she's amazing. She's almost like she's a monster, but like in all the good ways. And I heard her freaking little push throw is like my kryptonite, and you. <laughs> after playing with her or against her for I want to say like at least nine years now, you think I would know better, but I still can't help myself. I either try to catch it or I just like watch it hit me in the foot. And it's so frustrating, but funny at the same time. Um, did she, did you catch, did she do that at all? When you guys were, were playing against each other or if you noticed? I did not notice that. I don't know if she would do that with a no sting ball, but like, have you ever seen her do it before though? I haven't, but I, I hope you share some video of it. Uh, if it's out there, I would love to. But um, <laughs> I guess she mostly does this with 8.5. So, like, you can, you know, have, you know, um, you know, like, you're squaring up against her and you can, like, you're about to throw and she'll just do this real quick, like, push throw. Hmm. It's, it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's just so dead on. It'll hit you, like, right in the toe. and it's Or, or sometimes you might be able to catch it if you, if you think it's coming. But, um, yeah, she, I guess, with that all the time, it's, but... It's just like one of the small things that she can do that, that's awesome. And then Rachel is, um, she's phenomenal. Um, every time I play against her, like I, I gun for her right away because of that court awareness, her accuracy, and she's got a heck of an arm too. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad they're they're getting recognized for for their, their talents. But um, the only other person I want to ask about was Angelique. Did you guys get a chance to watch any of her games to see her play? Um. I did. I saw the finals match against Invasion, uh, Invasion versus Popta, and I feel like maybe it didn't get down to where she needed to make some of the big plays I was expecting of her after watching, you know, Bells and UDC and all that. Um, but I feel like something happened because she, I don't know if she maybe got hit in the face or got, got a concussion because later in the weekend she wasn't playing anymore, um, which was a little disappointing to see because she's so fun to watch. Huh. That's interesting. I'll have to 
Mr. Celibate, because it says, um, you know, I was reading the, the Tribune, and so that there was another clutch performance from Angelique, uh, I can't say her last name. <laughs> did, she, did she play in the, in the championship? She or? played in women's. I think it, it might have happened during, um, during co-ed, because okay. uh, Night Shift played them in co-ed, maybe in both, co-ed 8.5 and co-ed no sing, and for one of the divisions... She was, they had three girls, her, Rowena, and, um, oh my gosh, Rochelle, um, they had a third girl, I'm really bad at names, um, and they were rotating out every other game, and then when we played them again the next time, she, she was just, you know, cheering them on from the sidelines, which was, it's always fun to play against her, because it's fun and scary, but, um, yeah, I was, she definitely played in women's, but I feel like maybe... I know we're discussing women's, but it was a little sad to see that she, that something might've happened and wasn't able to finish out whether she got sick or whatnot. Yeah, I wonder. Um, yeah. I like what you said. She's, she's fun or dangerous or scary to play against um, just because we all know what she's capable of. So it's like, this is going to go really well for us or really badly, but um, <laughs> it's just what she does. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. They kind of, kind of like a side question, but um were there any injuries that you noticed uh, in women's? It felt like there was people, at least maybe I just saw it like at the right time, but like I, I saw a lot of people getting carried off the courts, like a lot of like rolled ankles, um, you know, might be like broke his finger or his knuckle, I think. Um, did women's have any, any issues or? I don't recall seeing any injuries. Yeah, not for the first time <laughs> this yeah. season for the East Coast teams. I don't think so. <laughs> Well, let's, uh, let's not jinx it then. I'll just move off. Yeah. That. I was just curious with uh, – But the that. East Coast was definitely jinxed in the men's department with Mikey and one of the guys on Arkham uh, ruptured his Achilles. So the that's East Coast cool. definitely had their fair share of uh, injuries this season. Right. So I think you were telling me about that when I was uh, talking to Frankie. I was just like, ugh. I don't even want to pretend to know what that feels like. Um, yeah rough um well, the only other question i have at least as far as play goes was um and this might be a gimme but what <laughs> was the most dominant um starting with you and amanda and maybe we can just pretend west doesn't exist for a second <laughs> <laughs> if the west didn't exist yeah oh man okay so if the west didn't exist i think the east definitely would be the next most dominant so when you take out the top you know seven teams the next three are anarchy precision venom um, so I, I would definitely say East if the West doesn't exist. <laughs> um, how about you, Emily? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. What else can you say? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the standings kind of speak for themselves, but, but I feel like that's unfair too, because, you know, the East only, we had the women's division last year that while it wasn't a full six on six and it wasn't the full season we still got to you know throw it together for round three and we've had co-ed for years and years before that at least so there was always I feel like this pool of women that was you know wanting to play more and I don't think the south and the, the north have had that opportunity it's like you can play open and you or in pinch or you can play open 8.5 and open no or uh yeah open no sting so I don't think um I would expect the East to be ahead of the West and the North in that sense. And I feel like because the North doesn't have a women's division, a lot of the really good North teams 
uh, North women went to West Coast team. So I know there's a few on Witness. I think Paige Peterson played it played with Ride or Die. Ashley Cook played with Anarchy. So I feel, but I feel like if they ever decided to make a true women's team from the North, that they would be very dominant. I think so because um, some of these women are playing pinch, and so like that, that just shows like the the fearlessness and and whatever you can take from pinch and apply it to a different division. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to the day when there is um, I want to say an equal amount of teams. I feel like West is always going to have the most, but when there's just a solid representation of each region, so that's why I keep saying like you think it's only a matter of time before uh, we start to see more East teams uh, taking the top three slots or top five. And I feel like it is. And I, I wonder if, um, you know, after nationals, if, if people are talking like, Hey, we should start practicing more. Or we should push more for more division time or what have you to, to get to that level. So I say it's a matter of time, but um, yeah, I would definitely agree with you guys. Um, if West didn't exist, um, <laughs> this is definitely next. Um, yeah. So this other question I have, um, it's kind of a two-part, but I can go to, to both of you guys, and that is, uh, do you feel like this year's women's division was an improvement from previous years? I mean, you can, you can start this one off since you actually played in it. Um, that's an interesting question. I guess I'm not exactly sure what to compare it to but I sort of feel like that's a good thing if nothing really stood out from this year that I was like oh maybe this needs improvement or we could do this a little bit differently um, then I think that means it ran really smoothly there were a lot of things that went really well I think the schedules were made very purposefully um, so if you were supposed to be refing a particular court, you were refing a particular court. And if you were sitting, you were sitting. And it's just sort of set exactly where you need to be so people aren't looking around trying to find refs and, and that sort of thing. So I think that in all in all, I think it went really well. Um, I don't know if I would say an improvement. I feel like last year went really smoothly too. Um, but I think, I guess the, the area I think that has improved um, now that the refs have to take a test, I think a lot of people are a lot more aware of the rules. And um, I think that could grow even more. And I don't know if this is one of your next questions or later on, but um, I think having everybody on the team sort of be like a certified ref or at least having gone through the quiz and, and taken it and knowing all the rules, I think that would be hugely helpful for the entire league of for the entire elite family of dodgeball. So you're saying like it, more internalizing the rule set? Yeah, I think just having everyone be aware. So I feel like sometimes there are arguments about certain rules or um, certain calls that go a, a different way. But if more people on the court or more people watching um, or even the players were more aware of all of the, the rules and how things were supposed to be, I think things would go even more smoothly and potentially less arguing over calls. Yeah, for sure. And um, so Mark kind of talked about, like, he would have situations where he would, like, the, at the captain's meeting, they would talk about a certain thing or a certain consequence. Like, I think it's... Uh, 
Like if you if you had a yellow card going into a, a match, like you couldn't play your seventh player, like it, it still had an impact on the team. There was something where it was like very important that the captain relay the information to his teammates. We have situations where captains would just delegate that responsibility to somebody else while they were off, you know, doing whatever they're doing, and that that wouldn't be communicated. So like that lack of awareness or the lack of um, follow through or consistency, I think, kind of screwed over some teams. Um, so I agree. It's not even just a matter of can you take a test and pass it. It's um, are you aware of everything that's supposed to go on, all the changes? Because there are definitely instances where um, it, it impacted. I mean, I won't say like the overall tournament, but um, it kind of leads into the question I was going to ask, and that was Mark also said. Um, you mentioned his recap that women's division knows how to handle their their stuff, and um, what I wanted to ask was, did you guys see any? Any of the negativity that was reflected in other divisions in this one? Like, was there any meltdowns or arguing or shouting matches or any, like, not cool moments, for lack of better words? Um, we, I think the women's, the women's division definitely, I think Mark hit it on the head. They know how to handle their shit. Um, I was looking through, you know, trying to refresh my memory and looking through um, the event page from Emily and Lucas had like posted the the thing about the, the number one rule is taking your outs and you know tag whoever you think had integrity this weekend and so many of the women and so many of just the women's teams were mentioned by different people so um, that's a hundred percent accurate. Um, I didn't see any meltdowns. There was a few disappointing moments in my mind where like you know refs I feel like were kind of swayed by certain teams because you know they're the the um, they're more more well known. We had someone say to us, like, you know, I almost gave you a yellow card because they were pushing for it, and they're well known. And to me, that's just it's like if you think we earned a yellow card, then absolutely we earned, or you know, our player earned a yellow card. But you shouldn't be, you know, choosing to give us one because a team that or a player that is well known across the country is the one that's asking you to do it. Um, and that's not something that I ever saw happen in the women's division. So I think I understand why Mark is saying that. Gotcha. Yeah, she should definitely not be influenced by another player to, to deal out uh, a disciplinary action for sure. Um, how about you, Emily? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think mostly the women and I don't, I, I don't want to say it's a respect sort of thing because I don't want to say the boys aren't being respectful. But at least from what I saw in our division, I think all the women are like, okay, you know, you're going to make this call. You're going to make the call to the best of your ability. And I'm just going to go with your refing and I'm going to take my out. And even if it was a close call and I think that you're not totally correct, I'm going to take my out anyway. And maybe I'll grumble under my breath over here. But um, I think generally we're just like, at least on the East Coast, I feel really happy to be playing dodgeball and I feel um, really excited about it. It's something I love doing. I'm not there necessarily to like win or dominate, although that would be really awesome. <laughs> um, but I just, I just love playing and I'm there for the love of the dodgeball. And I, I feel like that's something that's supported by most of the women too. Awesome. Yeah. Mark said it was like a, a sense of entitlement that might've contributed to that kind of like, for behavior and so I think you when you said you're just happy to be there it kind of just does away with that and that alone probably eliminates a lot of uh, negativity that doesn't need to be there um 
Well, let's move on to uh, to Showdown real quick. Um, did you have a chance to, to see that, Emily? And did you, did you play in Showdown? You know, I went back and forth going into um, that weekend, whether I was going to play or not, since last, last year I played, and I did so much better than I thought I was going to do. But I don't know if that was a fluke or I had, you know, touched a, a lucky rabbit foot that day or something. <laughs> Um, I, I decided not to do it. I wanted to save my arm, my energy for the all-star game. Um, so I was more of a spectator and admittedly there were so many good matchups that I felt like I had ADHD. I was constantly looking around and trying to, Oh, look at that game. Oh, look at that game. So I feel like I don't have a best, um, idea of like individual games cause I was just running all over the place, but it was there was so much talent this year. It was really incredible. Yeah, it sounds like a good problem to have. Like, I don't know which match I want to watch. Um, there's so many good ones taking place. Um, right. I know you said it's, it's probably a blur, but are there any that still might stick out the most? Or just, um, or just like... I think there's even a, a gif of it at this point, but uh, I think her name's Mary. I think she's from Canada. She made this amazing catch during the showdown, and I was just like, I was jumping up and down. It was it was insane. So her name is Marcel. No, um, okay. <laughs> it was really funny because I, so I was refing that that court that Brianna was playing on, and we were calling Mary for the longest time and couldn't figure out why no one was, you know, stepping up. And then it turned, turned out that like Tim had scribbled it wrong and couldn't read his writing or whatnot. And it was, it ended up being, yeah, Marcel, if I'm saying that right, I could be saying that incorrectly. That's funny. Yeah. Her, she was, she was really impressive, and I, I have actually also heard rumors that she is playing on the East Coast next year. I don't know if you've heard that, Amanda. I have not. That is scary. Because she, um, she played with Precision. Right. So, yeah, I'm, she, I mean, Precision's already a strong team, so to add her to the roster is only going to make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Adding those, um, those those good points on top of an already good team. Um, yeah, this is the clip where, where it's, it starts off with like Brianna because she's like going to gun somebody down, and then I think uh, she just like catches it. Like I don't know if she jumps, but it's that <laughs> clip, right? I think it just came out like a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I don't even know if she jumps. I think she's just sort of like, she's ready for it. She opens her hand. She might even go on one foot, but she just like gives it a hug. And she's like, this is mine. Yeah, and then she like stands like, what? Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, that's definitely what I, I just saw too. Um, well, how about you, Madison? Since, since you were refing, I mean, what, what, do you, what can you recall in terms of like battles? Or Oh my gosh, there were so many games where – going into it, I was like, I don't know who's going to come out of this on top. It could go either way. Um, there was even a matchup between, I believe, Rachel Rodia and someone else on Pop That. Um, and I was, I, I was like, I know they're going to be super honest because they always are, but I was like, this, I feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's constantly like, who hit who first? and having to reset. So I, I had someone else step in and I ended up just sitting back and watching it, which was really enjoyable, but I can't even remember who it is now. Um, but yeah, I feel like every time I heard a matchup, I was like, 
you know, I don't want to say going into it, you sometimes are like, you know, expecting someone to win, but obviously, especially as it gets, uh, as it's earlier, there's definitely some disparity in, in the players sometimes. Um, but there was just so many good players in it that you just never knew who was going to come out on top. And there was actually a player from the, I think she was from the North. I don't think she played women's. I don't know if she played open or she was just playing co-ed, but she upset quite a few people. Um, I think she might've even been the one to maybe knock out Brianna. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Um, but there's definitely a lot of talent in that pool. And I was not sad to have to, sit back and just watch it this year. Yeah, I wonder if um I wonder if it this might be a weird question to ask, but like so obviously, you know, for men's showdown, it, it takes place over the course of each region or um each round. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something more exciting about doing it all right then and there. Um because not not to take away from um you know uh Mike and and uh Koiv and, and uh, all them but like they they've had, like they're not tired um I imagine Ashley by the time she got to the top I would imagine she's pretty pretty exhausted and and just like completely like just battle crazed um do you have like a preference of, of how showdowns run between doing it all at once at nationals or versus breaking up into indi- each individual round mm. that would actually be really interesting to do it at the rounds, I think it would um, distribute women from all different regions a little bit more evenly. I do feel like it's sort of another West Coast dominated um, showdown kind of thing. So I think that would be a really interesting way to do it. And from last year, I do recall getting through showdown and I believe it was the first day of nationals last year. my arm hurt so badly. I was like just wanting someone to chop the whole thing off. It hurt. Um, so in that sense, I feel like it's kind of a disadvantage for the rest of the weekend. Um, my only fear is that there just wouldn't be enough women in all of the different regions to be able to pull something like that off. Um, but I think it would be really great if we could. Yeah, because I guess you can also like study film and then like, kind of watch like – your opponent, if you know who, who you're going to be up against. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I um, I agree with them in the sense that I, I'm this. I think the number they started at 32 this year, and then they decided to just allow anyone who wanted to play play. And so the number of matches that you know the top couple players must have gone through back to back. And I mean, it was best of five. And most of the time it took more than five games because of resets or misses or whatnot. And just to think of the number of like throws that you're making in that situation, like Emily said, it's just so much, so much more work and, you know, playtime that the men don't really have to think about because they did it in rounds one through three. Yeah. And they're looking at, I think what two matches tops maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it. It's I think with the the way that the North and the South are right now, it'd be hard to do, um, or at least to have like the numbers that they're probably looking for. Um, but if we could get to a place where that was possible, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to see. Awesome. 
I'll just say uh, someday. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> like all the all the necessary movements that need to be made to get this going and, and growing has been done. And a huge shout out to uh, to the south and and um, and the north for, for trying to help make that happen. Um, so let's go ahead and, and, and move to the, to the last one, and that, that would be All Stars. Um, did you guys have a chance to, to watch um, or participate, Emily? You can start with uh, yes, yeah, I did get a chance to participate. I was, um, I guess, voted onto the team, which was awesome um, and a lot of fun. It felt um, hard in a way to play with such different people that I've never played with before. It was really cool to play with them, but also felt a little bit disjointed. You know, you don't really get a lot of time to find your groove, but, um, you know, we didn't do as well as we wanted to do, but um, I'll take the third place. I think that um, next year the East Coast will, uh, will come for the top two spots. It seems to be like the... Uh the theme for, for you that weekend was just getting thrown on to, to new teams. That seems that you're not quite familiar with just yet. Yeah, that's very true. I just have to be fast at adapting. Just looking at the lineup. Um, yeah, my one of my teammates who I have had a chance to play with, Jenny Hodge, uh, unfortunately was injured, so she was not able to play with us on the all-star team. So. Um, I know she would have loved to be there um, and maybe would have helped us gel a little bit more while we were playing. So did you have to play um, without her? Like, did you only have five then? Or were you able to get a sub? We were able to get the alternate. So I think it's just the person who would be next in line. And I, I believe that was Ashley. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at the, the one I was like, Jennifer Hodge. There's something about her I was supposed to remember. But, um, and then I think the rest were, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I know Tasha for sure, Michelle, Kim, and I think Samantha. Were they all on uh, the Team USA for the WDA? Yeah, and Michelle Radley, I think. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, again, it's, it's that same question, like, which which region do you think looked the best? But then if, if West won again, um, you know, pretending they don't exist, um, how did the other regions do overall? Um, I think the West obviously played well, and they have they had such a strong team. I mean, you look at it, and you've got what one, two, three, four girls that are on the USA team, um, one that's an alternate, and one that easily could be on that team any day. Um, but um, so to see them take it all, not surprising. Um, I think last year was a little bit of a surprise to see the North take it. So I was really looking at the North to see if they could do it again, because I'm almost positive that last year at nationals, the North also women took it um, and they played well, but um, I think Tanya played with them last year. And I think because she played with the West she wasn't part of the North, but then Ashley Cook was. It was very confusing where people were playing based off of their teams and where they live and all that. Um, but the North still played well, but, yeah, the West was just on that day. Gotcha. I'm looking at the, the North lineup. Um, 
I mean, we got. Wait, you said Ashley. Ashley Cook didn't play for East. She played for North. Right. She, that's that was the part that was confusing to me because Ashley Cook plays with an East Coast team, but was you know part of the North All Stars. Um, and same with I guess. Marjan, she plays with an, a West Coast team, but was part of the North All-Star, so I guess it's based off of where you're out of. I know this was a debate in the the Dodgeball family group at one point. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely had a strong team as well with Paige, and I'm trying to remember who else played with them. Claire Curie, and then Sam, I'm going to butcher her name, Sakaricha. Oh yeah, and then Rebecca too. Rebecca... Um, yeah. um, um, Chapel? Uh, yeah. Like Chapel and Snapple together because that's what she told me to remember it by, and I guess it worked. <laughs> so, oh, <wow. laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, at least she's from the North for sure. So, like, there's no, no debate there. But, um, so they, they took second? Like, I believe so. Awesome lineups. Um, well, I think that's all I have, really. Um, the only other thing I wanted to just mention for or ask either of you is if you had, like, any, any like, shout-outs or just any, like, last-minute, last-minute but final thoughts just for the entire event uh, from your perspectives. And um, we can go ahead and start with you, Emily. Um, I feel like I've, I've gotten all the shout-outs that I have in my head, all the names. I feel like I've said a lot, but... Um, I think overall dodgeball is moving in a really great direction. We're pushing really hard to get it out there and well-known and publicized. And I think this is one of the ways that we're doing that, this podcast. So thank you for doing that. Um, and, you know, my hope is that while we're all still playing, we get in there and get ourselves to the Olympics somehow. <laughs> I feel like we're making great strides. We as in like the entire dodgeball um, organization and community and just like as you said with all the stuff that's being made progressive or progress wise with um, USA Dodgeball and um, just seeing the presentation of the elite nationals was just really mind blowing for me and I think it's all just a matter of time um, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is it's all just a matter of time like it's all going to get even better um, how about you Amanda? Yeah um, I was just thinking about how this is, I don't know, my fifth, how long has Elite been around? Fourth, fifth, whatever it is. And I just feel like every year it gets better. Um, it, every year it feels like it runs smoother. It feels like the venues, the setup is better. Like just every year it feels easier from a player standpoint. Um, so I really appreciate that because I know that that's not possible without Mark and Glenn and Vince and Sam and everyone else behind the scenes. Um, so, well, it's really fun to come on here and talk. None of this would be possible without them. Um, so can't say thanks to them enough. Um, yeah, I think we gave a lot of shout outs. I, my last shout out is just going to be to Nina. She is literally my favorite person to watch play. And I have only ever gotten to really watch her via, you know, the internet so I think I first watched her when she was on the USA team a couple years ago. Um, and she was kind of my, my like person to lean on going through the ACL surgery. Cause she went through the same thing a couple years ago. Um, and it's just coming back and she is so awesome in person as awesome as you could hope for. Um, I got to watch her play and 
she's another one where it's like, you know, she'd be the last one in versus, you know, three or four, three or four ladies and would, you know, make a huge catch. And it's just like, you got to know that's coming. So it was awesome to get to watch her play in person and get to meet her. Um, cause she's wonderful. This is, uh, Nina Fiori. Yeah. Gotcha. Hopefully I said her name right. I think so. I've had, I've had a couple of interactions with her. Um, even though I've known of her for, for years and she's, she's definitely an awesome person. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously huge shout out to the elite staff for, for doing everything they do. And it's, it's definitely sometimes I'm sure it feels like a thankless job. Um, you now you get like the Facebook posts here and there, but like just the, the amount of work that they must've put into this. Um, I mean, geez, <laughs> it's gotta be a lot. So yeah. Um, well, very cool. I will give shout outs. Thank you guys so much for, for hopping on and um, especially you and Amanda for working with me on my weird schedule and just trying to figure <laughs> work but definitely did not want to not cover women's um so i definitely appreciate that and emily thank you so much for hopping on as well um i'm definitely interested in, in getting to know you more so hopefully once all these recaps and all this craziness stops we can actually interview more people from the east coast and just get to know just get out of the west like i'm so rooted <laughs> that would be great <laughs> cool well uh, we'll go ahead and end the segment there Alrighty, so for uh, this section, we're going to go ahead and, and just briefly discuss the pinch division. And here to help me do so is Sergio Leon. Sergio, thank you so much for hopping on, man, especially last minute. Um, let's just go ahead and, and give yourself a quick introduction, full name, team you played for, and, and I guess uh, we'll go from there. All right, sounds good. Um, hey, everyone. My name is Sergio Leon. I'm the captain of the new team EXO in the West region. And... Um, also filmed open uh, for the documentary uh, in um, Nationals. Awesome. Yeah, you were part of the, the film crew, right? Wearing that pretty cool looking jersey that threw me off at first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought it was a new team, apparently. Yeah, I was like, wait, what, what team is this? This is new. <laughs> well, uh, well, cool, man. I think it's, it's, it's kind of ironic because I remember, you know, you and I go off on pinch a lot. Well, usually you're trying to convince me that it's awesome and I'm trying to say otherwise. And then I'm finally getting like super excited for pinch, but then um, because I didn't coordinate my flight correctly, I ended up missing the entire thing. So, Well, didn't they change the schedule for that though? Or was it uh, no sting that they changed? I think it was just no sting. I think I just didn't pay attention to the details. Uh, typical, you know, hashtag Gamma Damon moment. So. <laughs> but, um, Jeez, that one. Yeah. But uh, well, why don't you just go ahead and, and, and kind of clue me in. We'll start just from like a real quick high level. Like what was, how did the division go overall for you from, from your perspective and what you saw? Well, from my perspective, um, coming from the West region where we have virtually no pinch at all, it, it was definitely a mind-blowing experience. Uh, I told myself that, you know, nationals, especially in Minneapolis, in the North is known for pinch and they put on a great show. But they did not disappoint then. They did not disappoint at all. I mean, every hit, every miss, it just had that visceral feeling. And just having, just sitting by watching, roaming between teams, it was definitely a great show to watch. Yeah, it's almost exactly what Mark was saying. It's like every hit was like just, just mm, like it just had that, like, that pure, raw, brutal violence that I guess some people like to see. And, um, when you, when you mentioned, I think what finally pushed me over the edge of like, man, I can't wait to see this myself was when you said that we are in the pinching heartland. Like this is where 
the best of the best contend on like a weekly basis. And so I'm, again, I'm just going to say one more time, I'm, I'm totally bummed I missed out on it, but, uh, was there any, uh, was there any teams that you, um, stuck with the most or you just kind of like just go wherever you could? Well, um, I followed task force for open, uh, when filming and yeah, it was, I was filming them from the round robin to the eliminations the next day. So did you get to see uh, Task Force play pinch at all, though? I got to see them play pinch. Uh, I wasn't filming, so I was solely just there as a spectator watching them play. I roamed between, uh, with pinch, I roamed between uh, Titan, uh, Final Justice, Task Force, and Grand Rapids Dynasty. Awesome. Very cool. So uh, kind of sticking with uh, Task Force real quick, did, they, um, did their dynamic change when they converted from 8.5 to pinch? From my perspective, it looked like they were doing better in pinch. Um, again, probably because it's their primary style. Right. Very cool. Um, what What other teams uh, did you notice that, that stood out the most? Uh, for for, uh, for pinch, I would say Rise Brutality. Um, having Kenny Cox, who is like one of two players that we have out here in the West that play pinch. Watching Kenny just go off every time is definitely a joy to see. Oh, uh, so he, he played with Rise? Yeah, he was on Rise for a pinch. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, again, no, no diss on Rise, but when you said Rise stood out to you, I was like, how? Because I I might get a message from Surge, but like, I, I just didn't see them as like a contending pinch team. But uh, you, throw Ken, you throw Kenny on there, and then like, any team is a contending pinch team, I would think. Um, would you agree on, on when you got to see Kenny? Oh, yeah. Like, when I saw Rise there, I didn't think they were going to do pinch. But then when I saw Kenny suit up for them, I was like, okay, they're suited. They're ready to go. They're going to play. Um, <laughs> did, uh, did, you get, did Kenny do anything – I don't want to say crazy because that's, that's Kenny after talking to him and seeing him, but did he do anything that, that you noticed or was he just regular Kenny Cox murdering people? He was definitely murdering people. Um, it, it, I think the one thing that kind of blew my mind while watching Kenny is actually watching him play pinch. I mean, I know like he's known for it, but never, never actually having seen it, it his balls just kept whipping every time. Like it, he just has insane speed and, he was just taking out people left and right. Yeah, I mean, I, I faced off against him across the court. Like, that's all I've seen, and that was five years ago. So, like, I imagine he's gotten better since then and probably stronger and faster and scarier. So, oh, man. Oh, he ages like wine. <laughs> his, his skills only sharpen over time. I'm, only, I'm so bummed I missed out. Um, how, else did, how, how, did, how did the rest of Rise look? Because I, I know Surge is known for pinching, so like I know that he gets uh, way more offensive than, than what we're used to with 8.5 uh, regular. Any takeaways from, from him or, or the other teammates? Uh, from my perspective, Surge looked like he was their second option as far as uh, pinch goes, but as far as Rise as a whole, they, they stuck to their same strategy, just picking people out apart. Um, going through Kenny uh, on the offensive end, and sometimes Surge if people are just too focused on Kenny. So that that definitely opened up more opportunities for Surge. Gotcha. And looking at the bracket, I mean, it looked like they they went pretty far. Um, unless I'm mistaken, 
is uh, looking at, looks like they beat Task Force, which, wow. I imagine that's, that's no small feat. Um, no, that was definitely an upset in my eyes. Did you have any cash that game? I caught the last game when I think it was, what, 2 or 1-1? One, one? Yeah, it's so hard to see because the, the, the writing's so small, but I, I want to say that those are both ones. Um, yeah. Like, I missed their first, I missed their first game. And apparently, uh, I might be I might be wrong, but I think uh, Rise took the second and the third from them. Now, when they when they won that final game, was it was it pretty decisive, or did it look like it could have gone to either team? It man, it's like two weeks after the fact, but I I remember it was pretty close. It was pretty close. Gotcha. Um, well, let's move on to, uh, to the team I was really looking forward to watching. Um, not to diss anybody else, but um, Panch, just kidding, Titan, or however, you know, whichever it was. Um, unfortunately, you know, they, they didn't have Mikey, but, or Mike McGee, but how did, how did they look um, aside from that? Did they look like they were, they were there to play Panch? Because it, it looks like they went really far as well. I had them going as like a dark horse, and they did not disappoint. Uh, they were... They were definitely a team, like, I, out of all the teams, like, I roamed in between. I was definitely looking to run uh, to wherever court they were on, and they were pretty dominant against any and all opposition that I saw. Yeah. That's, it's really cool that the, the West Coast can, can still represent, um, especially, again, as we said, in the, in the pinching heartland. So I'm just uh, – there's a lot of streaming videos I got I to gotta watch just so I can understand, at least get a sense of, of what took place. But um, – what other teams did you notice um, when you're going back and forth and that you're just like, oh, this is a great matchup or these, these guys look great um, that you can remember? Uh, definitely Grand Rapids Dynasty. Just because, you know, coming out from the West, uh, I wanted to see how dominant are these guys. Like, are these guys just winning on a fluke or are they just that good? And they pretty much set the standard as far as I concern, as far as I can remember. Um, they set the center for Pinch that day and pretty much lived up to their name, Dynasty. Uh, Dynasty and Final Justice. Yeah, the, um, so go, going back to, to Pinch and, and or Titan, they, they took third, so they clearly went pretty far. And then what I wish I really saw, too, was Notorious um, because they, they looked like they just were swinging in 8.5 open. So I was really curious to see, like, what, the, what would they look like uh, playing pinch, playing what I'm assuming is, is their division. Uh, did you get to watch any of their matches at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, they definitely uh, – my, my impression of them, they just came out swinging. I felt like pinch was more their, more their style, and they looked like a team of linebackers and fullbacks. So they were physically intimidating, physically imposing, and just with the visceral style of pinch, it just felt more like it was in the – their personal element. It's, it's their, it's their realm. It's their realm. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you, so they took a pinch, uh, division in one of the rounds in the North. I think yeah, round I, one. I think, I think is, it, it was definitely one there. It, it was either one or two. And I remember like hearing not like maybe as a surprise or a shock or an upset because they, I think 
people are expecting Kraken to win or they did something. They just kind of came out of nowhere. And so like their name has definitely been mentioned a few times. So I was actually happy to see them in person, see what they look like. It was, it was pretty cool to have that realization. But um, so you also mentioned uh, Final Justice a few times. So what, what did you see with that team? Well, with that team, um, I'm not sure who the captain is, but I'm pretty certain it, it may be wrong, but it may be Rebecca Chappell. Uh, just the fact that she was able to coordinate uh, the plays in between and coordinate their offense. And also, uh, she can pinch. <laughs> I, I didn't expect to see her pinch, but then again, like she she really stood out to me as far as like not really backing down from anyone. That's awesome. He, so she... She's coordinating the plays, leading the team, just ripping balls as hard as anybody else. Yeah, like she, she definitely, you know, grabbed my attention only because I was just thinking like, wow, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know she played pinch. Uh, I knew she was from that area, and she just stood out to me as far as one of the players to watch in that division. What a badass. That's, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> I knew she played pinch. What's up? Oh, no, she's a floor general, and she definitely earned her stripes as far as I'm concerned. For sure. Um, well, generals were stars, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew she played pinch, and that's another thing I was excited to see because I, um, I want to see her play as well. And then uh, did, do you know if Paige played? <sighs> if she did, I probably missed it. <laughs> I suppose I could just ask her. I, I probably will, but I know that she plays pinch as well. And so, you know, part of these, these recaps for me have been really, um, really awesome because I've been able to actually remember or at least recognize names. And then I also like kind of have an idea of, of who plays what and, and where they, where they stand in each division. So, man, again, I'm, I'm so bummed I missed out, but, um, let's, uh, let's kind of move toward any plays. Like, were there any, any plays that you noticed that were just, um, I guess so awesome that <laughs> you can talk about them two weeks later? Um, for example, um, and I, hate, I hope I'm not embarrassing this guy if he's if he's listening, but the guy from Notorious who, uh, who got you know a full thrown pinch ball into the <laughs> yeah, I remember the, I remember that hit. Sadly, I, I don't remember what match it was, but I, I remember that hit, and I remember thinking like as a spectator, I felt that <laughs> uh, that was one of the few hits that I felt, and I was just. I, I was there to see it. I just can't remember what team that was. Yeah. I, again, but, yeah, I felt for the guy. <laughs> I don't want to laugh at anybody's misery, but there, where it gets hilarious for me, though, is, like, he was caught back in when he was still on the ground, riding in pain, and then he ended up catching a ball there again. It's like, it's <laughs> that catch wasn't worth it at that point. <laughs> he rolled, he wheelbarrowed himself back in. That I remember. <laughs> he wheelbarrowed himself back in. Oh, and I could just see the pain in his eyes where he made that catch. And, yeah, I was just like, dude, I fell for you, bud. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not even, like, a comedic thing. It's just, like, you, you poor man. Um, well, aside from that, because, I mean, this is probably like, the second time it's been brought up, but uh, any other plays that you notice, like, like amazing catches or just exchanges that you can recall? During the finals between uh, Grand Rapids Dynasty and Notorious, I think it was a three-on-one situation. might have been four-on-one, but um, I remember Kevin Bailey being one of the last players in and him just taking out the 
the opposing team. He made, I think he made a catch in that sequence, but all I can remember is thinking like, okay, they, they pretty much have this kid dead to rights. And I think he's what, like 20, 21. I think so. He, he's forever like 18 looking, but I think he's like 22, oh. 21 times. <laughs> I just remember thinking like, man, the Taurus might be able to pull an upset and take, you know, take a, a medal off of them and nationals. Cause the last uh, pinch team that won uh, nationals was doom. And I just remember thinking, man, they have this kid dead to rights. They're going to just light him up. And his composure as well as his skill was one of the main reasons that uh, they pulled it out in that situation. Yeah. So th- that was another person that I, I wanted to watch too. Like it, it, it wasn't even just watching the desire to watch violence. It, it was the desire to, to watch these people that I got to know over the course of these last like five or six months and just see them in their element. And I'm so bummed to miss out. And like, um, even Mark said, it's like, it's time to put Kevin out to, to stud because of, I guess whatever he did was just phenomenal. And, um, it, it kind of aligns with what you were describing. Like he was by himself and he just had this amazing composure and, uh, body control and is able to just basically take out an entire team by himself and help secure that victory. So that's incredible. I mean, I, I don't care what division you're playing, whether it's foam, no sting, pinch, 8.5, uh, to be able to do that under those kind of um, odds and, and that pressure and come out ahead is, is incredible. It kind of reminds me of um, when Eric Stone, um, he did the same thing. Like he took out Dynasty, ironically, by himself. Um, and you think, like you said, oh, this team has this person dead to rights, but then they just, they just I don't know what they do. They go to like a, this higher plane of existence and plane and they just, uh, they say no, they, they shut it down. Like you can't ever write anybody off anymore. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I call that, um, and I'm pretty sure Kenny will love this reference. I call it ultra instinct. When you get to that state of mind where it's not even about thinking, you're just going with the flow and just letting your body and muscle memory take over. Oh, it's a it's a beautiful thing. There's there's many words for it. I think is an ultra instinct like a Dragon Ball Z reference. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm catching on with the use. I. I I'm, I'm learning. Um, I think just going back and, and uh, speaking of like dynasty and, and, and all the victories that they've had, like this is, this is their fourth win now. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. Fourth. Yeah. Fourth. Right. Yep. That, that's, that was their fourth. I, I pulled up the, uh, the Tribune article. I'm just kind of looking over some of the, the highlights here and um, mentions, and I don't, I don't know if you can maybe speak to this, but um here, Tyler says, or, or the Tribune says, the West deserves some credit for strong showings from Panch, who finished third in a heartbreaker against Dynasty. Do you by any chance remember what that heartbreaker might have been? Did you have a chance to see that? Uh, I think that one, if I, if I remember correctly, there was a controversial call on Billy that, I mean, I, I didn't get a clear look at it, all I remember thinking was just that definitely caused a minor shift. But going back to what we said earlier, the game isn't over. You can't really count anyone out. And even a minor shift, they they just couldn't they couldn't um, get some of that momentum back. Right. Yeah, I think uh, so, so. That might have been what Mark might have been alluding to when he said that you know there were some some calls that. 
weren't the best or were very questionable and they ended up just kind of changing the momentum of, of the of the outcome which which sucks but like you know you kind of have to like not let that completely hinder the rest of your of your performance but um it's, it's easy to say from the outside right like i wasn't there so yeah i mean it, it was definitely a minor shift but if looking back if they just kind of forgot about that so to speak like had a short-term memory about it um they could have definitely secured a higher seating or even made it to the finals but it was a pretty much a neck and neck match and in, in that regard that i do remember very cool um i'm just like looking at the bracket here I wonder why, so, I mean, the, the Tribune labels them as Panch, but then it's Titan, but then, like, it's just, I'm really trying not to, like, um, upset anybody, but, like, I'm just looking through Panch's uh, run. I mean, they, looks like they took out Corruption, took out Riot, um, beat Final Justice, even, um, okay, and then, then they lost to Notorious, but then they, um, and then they lost to Dynasty, I believe. Right. Yeah, yep. I mean, they lost to. If you look at it, they lost to two teams who made it to the finals. So that pretty much showcased yeah. that they really put on for the West, as far as we're concerned. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of getting at. It's like they they definitely helped represent the West very well. Um, and then with with Rise taking fifth, I mean, uh, fourth went to uh, Final Justice. So I mean, just because the West Coast isn't as pinch dominant as the North is, it's still cool seeing that they still represent. Um, it's just a, a testament to the West talent. Um, but definitely looks like this was a, like, this, like you said, like this is the North's, this is where they belong. Like this is their thing. So I wonder what next year is going to be like, and hopefully I'll actually schedule my flights the right way so I can finally see them. Um, trying to see if there's anything. Did you happen to cra catch any um, Tigers games or, or Kraken by any chance? I think I, I think I may have caught in round robin Tigers against uh, what was it? Final Justice. How did I don't I don't remember seeing any Kraken games though. No, it's a bummer. But I do remember seeing um, Tigers. I, th I think they were playing uh, Final Justice and round robin. And uh, how did Tigers look? I've never. Well, we didn't get to play them in co-ed. I didn't get to see them in open because uh, they didn't play uh, Task Force. But it looks like Final Justice were in a – as far as I'm concerned, they were in a league of their own. They, Even though the matches were pretty close, as far as closing them out, um, they were just – they just couldn't close out against uh, Final Justice. Hmm. Yeah, the reason I bring that up is because I, I know Tim Wells is a, is a very avid pinch player, and so I, I was – Again, not to not to call anybody out or or you know have the conversation go that way, but I'm looking at Tigers. Look like they tie for 13th. So I was kind of I was expecting maybe a little bit higher of a placement, but then um, again, you know, this is North Territory, so naturally they're going to be the ones that are um, taking the, like the, the top top half of the of the uh, the standings here. But um, I think that that's all I have. I was going to ask, like, what region do you feel is the most dominant? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I would say North was probably the most dominant next to next to West. As far as pinch goes, yeah, the North. Uh, I mean, it, it, it kind of sounds redundant in saying it, but I left 
Minneapolis realizing that this is their bread and butter for a reason. I mean, if you look at all the placements, if you take Panch out of it, all the top, what, five teams, top eight teams were all north. Yeah, so you have uh, Dynasty Notorious, um, Panch, Final Justice, Rise, Cracking, Task Force, Boosh. Um, yeah, so just take out Panch, take out Rise, and uh, you got Riot for ninth, Havoc, but then Corruption. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. Um, don't suppose you saw any of the Outsiders games by chance, speaking of other regions. The Outsiders uh – um I think I saw one of their games. Uh, I know for for them, it's not really their bread and butter, but there were several matches where they held their own. And I think it's just the pace of it, the pace of the um, the matchups in pinch, because it's really quick. Those balls are flying a lot faster. People are, you know, they're playing with more of a visceral intensity that if they just familiarize themselves in pinch, they could have done they could have done a little better. Their chemistry was really what only um, saved them. But, yeah, you could tell they were a little bit outside their element as far as pinch goes. Yeah, th- so that's kind of why I brought them up, too, because I, if there's one thing I've learned about them, it's that they're, if they liked pinch, if they enjoyed playing, then they're going to go home and practice and figure out how they can get better at it so they can come back next year and, and continue to prove that, you know, the South is, is just as strong as the other regions. So. Um, kind of cool hearing that they were able to stand their own though because I maybe if I may be so bold this, this might have been their first like real exposure to pinch um, as, as as the outsiders I'm not sure if they played last year I can probably check with Vaughn on that one but um, I guess overall is is there like a favorite matchup that you had or, like a favorite battle between two teams Outside of the final between Notorious and Grand Rapids, right. it was definitely Panch and Final Justice just because it was neck and neck all the way to the very end. And out of all the Pinch uh, matchups, that one was more like a shootout. That one, in my opinion, if I had to say outside of the championship, what would I describe Pinch as or the best representation of it as far as quickness, pace, visceral intensity, it was definitely that matchup for sure. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I definitely have a lot of footage to watch. So in my copious amounts of free time, I'm going to have to have me like a thousand <laughs> and just kind of, like I said, just it, it obviously not going to be as it's not going to do justice as being there in person and hearing those hits and, and seeing the reactions and, and feeling that vibe. But like, just being able to watch intense dodgeball like that is, is always fun. So um, I think that's all I got. It, I mean, this is probably an answer I already know, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask it again. And that is, um, did this live up to your expectations? I mean, we talked about this again uh, in between uh, Facebook messaging and when I had the in-person interview. I mean, did you? are you a satisfied spectator, for lack of better words? Absolutely. Uh, definitely exceeded my expectation. Uh, as far as anyone who wanted to get better at pinch, you just practice, practice, you know, take next year, go to a uh, round out in the north and really just expose yourself to that level of competition so you know what you're up against versus going into nationals and facing everyone there your first time and dealing with the elements of pinch. For sure. Expose yourself to the elements, embrace the bruises, because I'm sure there's going to be plenty 
And oh, there were bruises. There were definitely <laughs> every hit, even those misses. I mean, those sounded very visceral, man. Visceral is such a good word to describe pinch. Um, even from my limited perspective, like if I had some choice words, violence, visceral, and just brutality, like th that's how I would describe it. So very cool. Um, awesome, man. Well, well, thank you so much for hopping on last minute. I know that, um, you know, one of those like last minute, Hey, can you hop on real quick and talk pinch, you know, two weeks after the fact, but after, <laughs> um, going through the recaps and, and putting some of the, the other panels together, I really didn't want to just completely skip pinch. So um, I will definitely work harder to make it have its due because there's a lot that took place. I'm sure that we, that we just barely even touched the surface of, but um, that all being said, dude, thanks. Thank you so much again. And uh, we'll go ahead and just end this segment here. Alrighty, well with such an epic event taking place and with so much to cover, I can only say with confidence that we barely scratched the surface between all the divisions, all the drama, all the excitement, and everything that comes with a three-day elite national tournament. This broken up format uh, from pre-cap to in-game interviews to broken up panels was an attempt to take it all down and I absolutely could not have done this without the help of Mark Acom, Anna Wynn, Lucas Boyle, Bill Fisher, Ryan Haley, Amanda Ashley, Emily Hotz, and Sergio Leone. Um, there's just no way. Um, there's just no way I would have done this. And guys, thank you so much for hopping on and helping me make this happen and for coordinating with me because my studio time is very limited. So the fact that you guys were able to bear with me was is just nothing short of uh, amazing. And I thank you very profoundly for doing so. Uh, for those of you listening, thank you for doing so. And if you liked any aspect of this format, uh, please feel free to let me know. Um, as I've said in previous uh, closings, I'm definitely working with various formats to see what is the best way to cover this sport that we all love. So I, I welcome any feedback that you guys are willing to, to provide anytime. Um, and last but not least, thank you again to everyone that has supported this podcast, where it was through your input, your comments, your feedback, your confession of just listening. Um, it's very, very much appreciated and definitely um, motivates me to continue. So I, I appreciate that. And before I get all mushy, I'm going to go ahead and just end it with that. So have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. All the divisions, all the drama, all the excitement, all the... And all the Ah! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You're going to break down in four, hour four? You've gone this far.